We've passed on all we know. A thousand generations live in you now. But this is your fight. Welcome to the Vintage Rebellion Podcast. I'm Stuart Skinner, fresh back from Celebration. This is episode 59, Aftermath. As always, we have the R5D4 Focus Collector. Richard, good evening, mate. Evening, guys. Also with us, as always, is our Luke X-Wing Focus Collector. Um, kind of drifted away from that a little bit, I think. It is Jezebel. Good evening, Jez. Good evening, Stu. Good evening, lads. Good evening, everyone. Evening, mate. Do you, do you still actively look for Luke X-Wing stuff? I still do actively look for it. I am looking for a Return of the Jedi mint on card palatoy Luke X-Wing, because I think that would be nice. So I, I do still look. However, I'm a saviour of, or a, a taster, or, or, or an enjoyer of all vintage styles, mate. So um, not so much a focus guy, more of a non-focus focus. And finally, the other one. Yes, my new name, apparently. <laughs> the other one. It is, of course, Pete Diddy, our Ray Focus Collector. And I know for a fact that when we get into acquisitions, we are going to allow him to talk about his Ray stuff because he picked up, well, not just Ray, he's signed to do a slave layer, which will be coming up very shortly. <laughs> such, such a great fun item. Pete, Pete, hello, mate. Oh, all right, Flower. Just before we uh, get, get into this, this is going to be a short episode for us. Basically, we've come back from celebration. We've all had a belt of time, but it's nearly the end of the month. So we thought we'd put out a, a shorter episode, get the celebration covered, um, the event, what we enjoyed, blah, blah, blah. And then we'll smash out May's early on, just a normal, a normal episode. So first of all, boys, before we uh, we're going to do our acquisitions in a minute and I, we're going to do purely acquisitions that we bought from Celebration, because I know everyone bought bits and pieces. And I will allow the modern bits today, especially Pete, because, like I said in the intro, there's a couple of crackers in there. But I just want to get your quick initial thoughts on Celebration, because before we went, everyone was moaning about the lottery system. Everyone was moaning about this. Two years ago, people were moaning about the queue system. I just want to say, before we start out on this, I thought the celebration was run fantastically. Apart from the app, which I have got issues with, I thought everything else was run really smoothly. I know there was a seven hour queue for the store on the first day. More for you that got in it because on Sunday I used the fast pass. I was in and out of there in 15 minutes. That included queuing and doing my shopping. I thought it was a brilliantly run event. What do you boys think on your initial thoughts on celebration? Pete, you've been to a few. What were your initial thoughts on that compared to the other ones? I thought when they released the lottery system, there'd be a lot of people complaining, which there was. Um, but when it actually was in, in, in play, I thought it worked pretty well. Um, I think the fast pass thing did work all right. I think 
you needed a good internet connection there with your phone to kind of take advantage of it. Otherwise, you're waiting to go back to your hotel and then doing it from there. Yeah, I think I think overall there was a lot less stress because you're thinking normally you'd be hopping down to queue up all day. I don't think I think the longest queue I did was when we picked up our passes and then the three and a half hour queue to get through 60 people to get the lanyard and the other things you bought, which was the most ridiculous thing of the entire celebration. But in celebration, I don't think I ever queued. I don't, I can't remember queuing for anything. And I went to all the big panels. Uh, a lot of system made it a lot less stressful. So you, you, you knew you were either in or you weren't. There were plenty of passes going around. It seemed, I think overall, I think it was a lot better, better handled. I think having a separate arena helped as well. So you had to leave the, the, the main celebration hall. And then if you want to go to the big panels, it was in a different place. So it was a big sports stadium. It seemed to be fairly well handled. Again, queuing to get in, 25 minutes max. <laughs> and that was just because of numbers. I think overall, they, uh, they, they did a good job. So, uh, yeah, I, was, I thought overall really, really positive. When you say about the app and you needed a connection, I must admit, I tapped into the free Wi-Fi in the event hall and everywhere I went, I paid extra money on my phone to be able to access the Internet when I'm out and about. The best Internet I had all weekend was when I was in the convention hall. So if you had tapped into the free Wi-Fi, it was pretty decent in there, in fairness. And I totally agree with you with the queues. I queued my longest queue. I waited an hour in line to get Matthew Wood's autograph, Grievous from Attack of the Clones and whatnot, which was, which was a bit of a bit of a bind but it was because he was so forthcoming with the, with the public he had a chat with everyone which was a nice experience when he got there but it was a long queue but apart from that no problems at all jez you've attended quite a few as well what about your comparison with the, how it was run mate this was my fifth and my third american one my favorite american one yeah i i thought it was brilliant removing the stress yeah absolutely i was disappointed i think we were all disappointed initially when we didn't get the lottery things which you wanted i couldn't care less about the exclusives and stuff like that but it was the episode nine panel which i really wanted to get into i'm sure more on that later on but it was just like oh the only panel which i got was the one which i was least interested in which at the time was the episode uh, episode 120th anniversary but it didn't matter because they were simulcast and everything and they had an additional stage in the in the main sort of main stall area where you could just see everything on the big screen so it, it didn't matter yes i'm sure you had the atmosphere and stuff but i've been sat next to grant in the big arena when they dropped the episode seven trailer so i've had that experience in in some respects i was chuffed that someone else was able to experience that in the main hall with all that atmosphere for me it was brilliant i got to see pretty much everything i wanted to see but it was the it was just a catching up of all the friends, which really put celebration into celebration for me this year, more than any, just seemed it was, there was a lot of love. There was a lot of warmth, you know, and after a, a toxic year where, where people use that term a lot, but, you know, fandom has been divided and there's been a lot of animosity, a lot of issues and stuff online. All we saw was a great deal of love and it was great. It was rich. I think I put in my top two celebrations. Uh, I ranked this one alongside Essen, which I think Essen, maybe I'm just looking on it back with extra fondness because it was the first celebration and the first time I met, you know, lots of fellow collectors. But I loved it. You know, the celebration store was unfortunate. The system crashed. They tested that same software at three different cons. It worked absolutely perfectly. And then as soon as they turned it on at celebration, it crashed. You know, there was a computer glitch there somewhere. 
I think the behaviour of some of the fans was absolutely disgraceful. Just give you two examples. One was, you know, when you go into bag checks and you had lots of people shouting quite loudly, open your bags, keep your bags open. And they're doing that because they're wanting people to get through as quick as possible. And I'd heard people shouting back at them saying, all right, you don't need to shout. And then you get some tool who almost straight away goes to the bag queue and then, oh, oh, oh you want me bag unzipped. And then you're stuck behind them as they're unzipping their bag, even though they've you've been told numerous times to unzip your bag before you get there. And secondly, the one that I think was most outrageous was I was outside of the main entrance at about quarter to ten. So the VIPs get in at half nine and they get half an hour early browsing. And at about quarter to ten, quite a few fans just rushed the barrier and they knocked it down. And there were two um, women who were security guards and they were going, please don't, please don't. And there must have been a couple of hundred people just legged it. I thought it was absolutely outrageous. I thought, you know, somebody could have easily been injured. You know, these security guys, they are not there to be shouted at. They're there for your safety. And a couple of hundred people thought it was hilarious just running past them and knocking barriers down and just, you know, behaving absolutely appallingly. But as far as we put, yes, we can all grumble. I mean, you can go online and read some ridiculous comments online. For me, I would say that the app worked the vast majority of time I was there. I managed to book panels. I managed to book... You know, a lot of different things. Yes, we can see in hindsight, everything should have been out a month earlier. I do think that the guys who were there didn't really know what they were doing. They weren't checking ideas frequently. But by Monday, it was running a lot better. And I've got high hopes for Anna, Anaheim if they use the same system. Because, you know, I'd much rather get in somewhere very quickly than to be stuck in a four-hour queue. Exactly. I, I thought, considering what I read about Orlando... I thought it was a pr- pretty well run. I've got, I've got absolutely no, no things. I must admit, actually, it amazes me, actually. Me and Jez were at the... You, we, we went in early on the Monday. Um, we were browsing around some of the props, thanks to you, Rich. And when the doors open, the people that run to get into certain queues to, that are physically running through the convention hall, you're like, is it that important to be number one in the Funko queue rather than number 10? I can't get my head around that. But, you know, there's a, some things I, I really don't understand, but... Hey, it was it was great, and I thought it was run really well. Yeah, Stu, just on that one, that point you just made there about people running to get stuff, I think I think it's important to kind of note about the exclusive items. Yeah, you know, they have kind of made a run for their own backs, but because I mean, people were, were literally when when I when I was queuing up for the Funko queue because I was lucky to get a lottery. I mean, I didn't really care much for the for the Funko stuff, but I I was seeing what they were going for online, and and it, you know, if you're getting two hundred dollars for an item you're paying ten dollars for immediately you're literally handing it people people will standing around with cash just going right we get the full set and i'll give you you know four hundred dollars you know kind of straight away because they know that that they'll flip it for six hundred dollars straight away i mean you know you can't blame some people thinking you know what you can pay for your trip that way Um, yeah very true why don't they just make more though (laughs) why don't they just make more exclusives for the show you know how many people are coming through yeah exactly yeah Right. I mean, you know, you could probably gauge roughly what you sell generally at at these things. Just make more. It seems to be part and parcel of the tradition. It seems of these big cons. I, I, I'm assuming that they've done it at San Diego Comic Con for years. You know, you get an exclusive that, that people want, um, and you can make your money out of it. And it's kind of how it's almost done to help pay for your trip. I think. I think some people just do it. I think these companies do it. They know full well because they were quite happy to hand these things over, and people were literally standing behind that little little fence going. Let me buy them off you. 
it's so, so they, they 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 openly encourage it. They openly encourage it, I think, and that's just part of con- big conventions. It bigs hype up, though, doesn't it? I mean, everyone's talking about Hasbro Funko, but if there was enough for everybody, I don't think Hasbro and Funko pops and things like that would be at the forefront of our conversations. Anyway, so it's in their interest to. You know, there's no such thing as bad publicity. So if Funko Pop runs out of huge conventional exclusive, everybody's now dashing to get Funko Pops, and we're all talking about it. I've got no interest in Funko whatsoever, but I'm talking about it. Very true. Very true. Boys, I know we just alluded to it in the intro. Our acquisitions. Now, like I said to you all before we came on, um, let's make this purely celebration purchase because I've bought a couple of bits since I've been back, but I'm gonna I'm gonna separate my purchases because there was enough in celebration and it'd be good to hear what we got there for our listeners as well so pete i have already come to you about something a great item actually which i pointed out to you which you did which you grabbed i think it was only about ten dollars wasn't it but it was a great item what was it (laughs) um this has actually been approved by ron salvatore so he can uh he can take uh, credit for this too but i've got a lovely picture of him celebrating the item but yeah we were just wandering around weren't we and then you know as per usual just just mincing around in stores and uh, you pointed this thing at the top and it was it was, wasn't in the best condition there's a couple of them and it i was like oh well that's it i'm gonna have to buy that that is outrageous now i have been struggling to buy slave layer collectibles because a lot of it now is print or statues which i don't want to fork out you know 300 400 500 dollars for a statue uh, which i don't really want and um so i'm trying to find little knickknacks of slave layer items like I say, mostly print based now but it was a slave layer dog costume so for your pet and it was a proper officially licensed item still in this bag <laughs> obviously a new well i hope it's unused i'm checked it yet i'll have to put it near a dog see if they sniff it and uh, yeah i mean how how good can you get an item as good as a, a dog costume slave dog costume so there's people out there who've had obviously bought these in the past that have their little dogs dressed up as slave layer slightly disturbing i think i mean i think it's only one step ahead of underoos but yeah what what a great find maybe the find of the, of the whole convention maybe i think the other one was still there on um monday when i went back as well so <laughs> when you buy it because uh, the bag was i was going to buy it for my dog I'm glad I didn't because I had real problems getting stuff in my case. I actually ditched all my toiletries and stuff, but just couldn't get them back. You know what? A lot of people, a lot of people were throwing clothes away just to take collectibles back. I mean, I threw jeans away. I had some old jeans I took. I, I deliberately took to throw away. But the the six and a half kilograms of swag that I took, which could have been a lot more, obviously got given out. And I took. I was one book away from exceeding. I mean, Richard gave me a book for somebody. I had to take it out of the case. I had to carry it on because it it took my luggage over over the over the weight. It's ridiculous how much stuff I bought. Sorry, I've just realised I haven't seen my engineering and empire book since I've been back. Are you sure you bought it? It's a very heavy book. That's what took it. It, it was like four pounds of weight, which I couldn't believe because the, the the woman on the counter said you got to take something out of your bag. So I thought, like, oh my goodness. So I said, well, I took a book out. She goes, how can a book weigh that much? I think their scales are faulty. I person. see it. It's under the Lego. Um, it's huge. It's a really yeah, big piece I've, I've still got everything stacked in my office. Um, so what else did you buy, Pete? Because I'm sure there's going to be a few little Ray bits in there. Oh, my goodness, Ray. I mean, I, I picked up loads of bits and bobs, old convention exclusives for other conventions, which 
I never wanted to pay the amount like, like I've been selling my stuff for. So yeah, I mean, but the the, the best Ray item is probably the it's a Nendoroid, which is a by a company in Japan called Good Smile Company. They make tons of these things, and they're the cutest things you've ever seen in your life. They are like a a little kind of anime version of Ray. It's just a beautiful little figure, lots of hands and lightsabers and stuff. But uh, on the vintage thing, I got loads of card backs, so loose card backs. I'm down to nine to get now. I've got the whole range, I've got every single figure card. Actually, that reminds me, I better pay the person. I actually managed to get a yak face card back. <laughs> I haven't paid the person yet. I better pay them. But um, that's that's that, that that was my that was my big fear of that card. I thought I'm going to be paying probably a hundred dollars, a hundred pounds for that card because I mean you, you don't see them very often, and of course they come with a premium price. But I got it for forty quid. Which is an absolute bargain. I know it sounds crazy, but a loose card. No, it's a still, yeah, definitely. I picked up some books, colouring book, which had been partly coloured for a couple of dollars. It was fantastic. One of the returns, one of the uh, Empire Strikes Back colouring books. I got probably one of my best non-ray stroke other things finds was a couple of stationary portfolios, an Empire Strikes Back one with the the lovely Empire Strikes Back embossed in silver on the on the front cover. And I also got one with uh, Princess Leia and uh, Luke on the back. It's an absolute corker, really good condition. And again, didn't pay much for those either. Yeah, for, for vintage items, that's that's pretty bad. I didn't buy a ton of vintage. I thought a lot of it was overpriced. Didn't get any figures or anything. I thought some of those are overpriced as well. There were some bargains we had in the last day, but not particularly much vintage. I know some guys, I know Dan Burgess picked up some absolutely mint figures on the last day for hardly anything. He got some beauty. It's got um, the Attack Commander. It looked like it just it literally just fallen off the package. I mean, the, the the all the all the livery on it was absolutely stunning. Nice. And uh, I've got Dan coming up a bit later, who doesn't mention that as well. Mm. He uh, talks very highly of you. Uh, his <laughs> Good. Gift, your gift to him. And Pete, obviously, you have already mentioned to us off air. If that's what you call this, air. Um, <laughs> um, that you got gifted a couple of nice pieces from a couple of our listeners. I tell you what, there was there was two things which you know what, um, all the things I bought and all the knickknacks and stuff. There's two things that are just going to sit stand out in my not only collecting but what I'm going to wear. Chris Porteous, who is um, a fan of the show, we love him dearly, and he put in an absolute shift on recording all the Star Wars collecting tracks. So uh, all the things you see online, that's down to Chris. Um, he filmed them all because he he believed that uh, people should have good quality representations of these online. So he, he put a real shift in and not only did he that, he actually made me a t-shirt of the, of that Spanish Marvel comic cover, which I was really thrilled to, to get off uh, our friend Javier from Spain. So he, he put on a t-shirt, I sent him a scan and he put it on a blooming t-shirt and made it for me. He even got my size, <laughs> which is enormous size, but uh, it's a beauty. And it's, I will put, I'll put it on social media. It's an absolute corker. When I'm walking around with a T-shirt on, everyone's going, what is that? Because it looks like a He-Man thing. Because it, it looks like, you know, Skeletor with, with uh, one of the, the representation of Luke looks like a little bit like He-Man comic. So people are going, is that, is that a He-Man Star Wars mashup? So, of course, I'm telling them what it is, where it came from, why I'm wearing it. Um, it was a real, you know, it's a real talking point. It's a cracker. And then, just to add even more beauty to this uh, celebration... Commander Clint, Clint Garnus, gave me 
uh, something I've been after quite a while. It's the the Star Wars Animal Strikes Back Coca Cola Cup. I think I think someone else might have picked some of these up. But uh, yeah, it's a real nice little what well, a tumbler. Should we call it a tumbler? But uh, yeah, so he, he he knew I'm after it. I'm always a bit reluctant to pay the forty dollars shipping of these items from on eBay. But he just said, yeah, it's for you, chap. So like, oh my goodness. I mean, those sort of things make my celebration. I you know just just really nice to have someone say you know what appreciate the show is uh is is a little gift i mean it's 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 on my shelf now pride of place on my empire shelf short i say empire shelves because they're, they're spreading all over the place but yeah just two things which just yeah just amazing absolutely love them thank you guys. they are both great guys as well both chris and clint you know a real real standout kind of now rich i reckon you were splashing the cash you love this kind of thing i reckon you were like a little bit here and a little bit there all over the shop Pete's bang on right. I think some of the vintage was ludicrously priced. I'm going to give a nod to the $175 loose Darth Vader Star Destroyer playset. <laughs> you can pick one of those up for £30, £35 on eBay and $175 was mental. And I've seen a white TIE fighter for $180 loose. But a lot of vintage was actually reasonably priced. Usually what I do is... I go there knowing the price of about five different mint on cards. So if I know the price of those five different mint on cards, and I'll look at the vast array of stuff, and if those five different cards are high priced, then I know that everything's high priced. That's the tactic I use. You know, I can't, I, I don't know the price of everything in my head. But, yep, I got some really nice items. I'm going to start off by seeing the Building an Empire book from Gary Borbridge, Matt George, and Stephen Ward. Absolutely brilliant. Had a blast talking to those three guys. We got uh, quite inebriated one night, having a chat about various Star Wars items. So, I, I mean, I've, I've met Matt a few times, but first time I've really met Gary and Stephen, and two great guys. Uh, Love chatting with them, and, you know, I'd certainly like to do it all again one day. So it was nice meeting those and picking up their book, and we brought back a book as well for Dan Solo, who's following us on Twitter. Pete dropped off his book for him, so that was fantastic. I then got a freebie, which I was absolutely delighted about. Another book, and this was from Daniel Segovia. So you might know Daniel as the guy from Argentina who did the Argentinian panel. Be talks of him coming over to Father's Farm for a number of years now, so hopefully he can make it over to Father's Farm this year at some point. He handed his Guerra Estela book, and I know that I've pronounced that perfectly because I always do. What a fascinating book. It's not just about Argentinian products. It goes through, you know, the UP products from Colombia... Um, obviously Top Toys, Bassa, you know, it goes right over South America. And I've done a review of that on Fanta Tracks if anybody wants to read that. So cheers, Daniel, that was a great book. In the room seals, I picked up a 21 bar Hammerhead. Absolutely delighted with it. Bubbles a little bit yellow, but I'm looking at it now and sitting nicely on my shelf. And because the back of Hammerhead is yellow, the yellow doesn't really look that bad. So delighted with that, and I got that for a great price. I picked up a box of Saga Dixie Cups. So, still plodding my way through this Dixie Cup line, trying to get um, as many as I can. This box was open, so I managed to swap through all the cups. So, I think I'm about six short now of completing the Saga line. Uh, so, absolutely delighted to get them. I got a Canadian 20C card back from Commander Clint, who bought it over. Commander Clint from Tantiv. Um, we'd uh, arranged that pre-celebration, so I was pleased to pick that up for me, all 5D4 Focus. From Tracy Hamilton, I got a full set of the Coca-Cola Star Wars tumblers. So that was eight of those plastic cups with some amazing artworks. I was delighted to pick them up. 
And I also picked up four laminated Empire Strikes Back placemats. And what I didn't find out until later was these actually belong with the Dixie Club collection because these were a mail-in premium. So I was absolutely delighted to get those placemats as well. Top of that, I picked up a lot of Star Wars comics that I've been missing, some that are hard to get over in the UK, especially the Star Wars number 42 with the Zuckus on the front cover. Absolute nightmare to get over here, so I was delighted to pick that up. And I got quite a few modern R5 items from Focus as well, so fantastic celebration. Didn't spend too much, everything I thought was a bargain, and I was delighted. Yeah, you sound like you've had a, a good dip as well. Well done, mate. What about you, Jez? Oh, lads, 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 pull up a sandbag while I tell you about all the wonderful things which I've bought after my drought of vintage collecting. I had an absolute blast. The main thing, the thing I've had uh, my heart set on for a while now, I have finally got myself a vintage skiff. Oh, yes. And it's a beaut. So uh, you guys, you all saw this. You all saw how much fun I had trying to take it back to the UK in one piece. Because, I mean, Rich, you'll appreciate this. You, you've got one. These things are fragile, aren't they? They uh, they really are. I would not have wanted to put one in my hand luggage, especially the way the airport security dealt with my hand luggage. So, so pleased that it, it worked out just right. I mean, I I bought this at Celebration, so it is, it's valid for sure. Uh, but it was Lee Harris, bless him. This went all the way from Australia to america uh, and then back from america to the uk so i thank lee ever so much for getting it from australia to uh, to the states in one piece and um so i've got that along with a a stand which uh, ian sells um return of the jedi skiff stand and and this thing is incredible i love it all the functions which we've covered before in a podcast so the sort of man overboard the folding rails the uh, the plank which then collapses just at the end the retractable undercarriage everything about this is brilliant but it is just so fragile you just yeah uh, my heart was in my hands for the entire flight back because uh, i was really worried about that but, Isn't that the truth? I don't think really you caress your children as much as you caress them. <laughs> so, what is, we went to um basketball match, didn't we, on the first night and got a big fat foam finger. So I had this thing gaffer taped to a big fat foam finger with lots of padding and all sorts of stuff. Yeah, you're right, mate. I the the amount of effort I went to ensure that this thing got back. It's, it's the rails. Everything about this thing is fragile. I didn't get any carded figures. I didn't get any card of figures at all, but what I did get, I'm so over the moon with. And this this is an area where I think the prices were really, really good because uh, I went a little bit more sort of beyond the toys stuff. And straight away, I'm going to go to now. I said to you in the previous episode that I'd love to get something from room sales, which was kind of beyond the toys and I didn't see coming. And I got the uh, Rolling Stone magazine, which has got the original sort of Star Wars cover on. The one which I've commented on this image before because it's, it's Leah actually looking very timid, very scared, cuddling up to Chewie. And you've got sort of Han and Luke in very masculine poses. So it's not actually typical of, of what goes on in the film, but it's just that classic Rolling Stone image and the original magazine with Dolly Parton also written on the front. And I got that for 10 bucks. And I just thought, well, that's brilliant because it's a lovely piece of history there. It's just a little evidence of, of what was going on at the time. Brilliant, brilliant piece, which you don't see that often. So to get that for 10 bucks, well, I just, I just thought that was money well spent. You know, I got a Star Wars viewer, the movie viewer with the uh, cassette in the, uh, may the force be with you cassette. I got again from, oh, what was it? Todd, Todd Chamberlain's stand. 
I mean, w- was that not one of the best stands there at Celebration? Right. Todd Chamberlain's stand, just full of really, really great stuff. Um, really eclectic mix, but really well priced. I mean, we something for every budget. I, I got out there for about ten bucks. Um, a packet of Empire Strikes Back pencils, um, a drawing board, sealed Empire Strikes Back wrapping paper. Now, Stu, don't want to sit, <laughs> steal your sandwiches, but you and I um, both collected this wrapping paper, didn't we? So, sealed wrapping paper, and I think it was something like fifteen dollars. And this is a, a long sort of, um, yeah, Super. thing of wrapper paper, which I just thought, this is $15. Still you know? shrink wrapped, wasn't it? And, uh... Yeah, yeah. The drawing board label. And I just think this is stuff now, which is which is just absolutely brilliant. I've got a vinyl Empire Strikes Back carry case. It's got Yoda's image on and lots of other images. Really good condition inside. And, and that, again, uh, hardly anything. And it's got the coolie cups. You know those two coolie cups, which we covered a while ago, which were the, um, these ones were a whole variety of images. There were 20 images, but there were two in particular, which I said I loved, which is Luke and Han with Leah in between, a sort of Leah sandwich, um, walking along just at, just at the end of A New Hope prior to going in to the Yavin sort of medal ceremony. And the, the other one is Luke and Leah swinging across the, uh, Death Star. And I saw those advertised by our chicken shack on Tantive and the community the way it is uh, I bought it off him he then gives it to uh, Commander Clint and Clint hand delivers it to me in celebration so um, just some one for a few other bits and pieces which I won't go into and do a whole list but I was really really pleased with my haul but what got the most amount of comments was yes Pete I got that Empire Strikes Back casting crew beer mat <laughs> and that, that was an off eBay lower than uh, published lower than expected price uh, I won't call it room sales but it was definitely done in a bar um, at the Hyatt uh, and I love it and lots of people commenting because not only is it a, a genuine cast and crew item, uh, albeit just a beer mat, but it's actually got a cracking logo on it. It's the sort of very early Empire Strikes Back logo. If people think about the Empire Strikes Back logo now, the top of the E is elongated all the way across the logo and the breaks the top of the E. You know, that's, that's just right at the top. Whereas for this particular image, the the is just to the left of the word empire. So it's, it's, it's a completely uh, different way of putting the Empire Strikes Back logo together. And I just think it looks great. So individually, lots and lots of small pieces, which certainly didn't break the bank. I mean, you know, you know a skiff is never going to be cheap, but I absolutely loved it. And my freebie was, uh, I think, because Stu realised that he couldn't get everything in his luggage and he had a uh, Return of a Jedi Bib Fortuna uh, piece of Sigma and uh, I've now got my first bit of Sigma. Thanks very much, Stuart. Yeah, man, you can probably sense how much I'm grinning. Uh, it was a brilliant celebration for Beyond the Toys new acquisitions. It was good, mate. It was very good and you picked up uh, some great pieces there. Um, very jealous of that skiff. What about you, Stu? Um, yeah, lots and lots of bits and pieces. Obviously, I made the big mistake of taking too small a suitcase. Because obviously, Jez, you had to bring back my uh, Gamorrean Guard axe yeah. in your case because I couldn't physically fit it into my case. And yeah. Grant had to bring back my wrapping paper because that was too long 
for my case. Stu, can um, I just jump in? I, I yep. don't I don't mean to jump in, but you need to add context to that because when you say I needed to bring back Jorgen Morien guard axe, we're not talking three and three quarter fidget, uh, figure accessory here, are we? Because obviously you could just put that in your pocket. No, you bought a huge life size Gamorian guard rubber axe, did you not? I did. Me and me and um, <laughs> me and Sol, I did the the scavenger hunt across the floor that was organised by the collector's track, and um, we were on the floor for about ten seconds, and we both saw these axes and both bought one. But they're great big rubber. I think they're made of rubber. I don't know, Jess. You've probably spent more time with it than I have. <laughs> um, I think they're, they're kind of hard rubber, but they were massive. Um, <laughs> yeah, so. So something to look forward to at some point. It's the same as the wrapping paper. It was just too tall for my case. And luckily Grant was in the um, our room at the time when I was trying to pack it up and he had his poster tube on his back and he was like, oh, that should fit in there. So he's he's got that. So I've got bits and pieces all over the country. But, um, yeah, very, Top very tip cool. there for you, Stu. That's, that's the thing is you're a bit green behind the ears. You always need – I mean, I made a mistake last time by not taking a big enough bag and – Going, oh no, all the stuff I wanted to buy. This time I took an enormous suitcase, the biggest I could possibly squeeze in. Almost paid the price on the way home, hoping for Richard's book. But yeah, it's you, you've got to take big cases. You're going to Star Wars thing, take big cases, or take clothes you prepare to throw away. These are top tips. But like Jez, I also got a set of those pencils. I think me and Jez were together when we were buying those bits and pieces. Um, Todd Chamberlain's store was amazing. And I bought a droid's kite on there. So after that, we had Jez pointing to every single kite on every stall as we went round for my focus. Which Jez is a bit like Facebook, isn't he? When, when you've been on holiday or bought something, you suddenly get loads of adverts for the same thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I've got a funny story to tell you boys off, off uh, line about that. Actually, <laughs> now you say that. But uh, yeah. Um, what else did I buy? I bought some self-folding, self-sealing fold-overs with R2-D2 on. They were also on... Um, Todd Chamberlain's thing. I know Jez bought a bit of art, and we mentioned it beforehand, but the Cantina poster is amazing. I can't wait to get that framed up. I bought a Sigma Lando figurine. There was quite a bit of Sigma there, but it was all Sigma I had. It was either that or it was overpriced. I know that it was a couple of pieces. I think Jez, it was a Stormtrooper thing there, which was definitely twice as expensive as it should have been. I bought the Engineering Empire book. I bought the Treasures of Rancho Obi-Wan book. Both of them are brilliant. I bought the Room Sales. I bought a, a Greek a Greek um, book from 1977, which um, I'd love to tell you what it's about, but I don't read Greek, but I just love the image on the front. Some classic images there. But my two main pieces, which I need to give a shout out. First of all, a 12 back Kenobi, which was arranged previous to celebration, but uh, bought it off Michael Cooper. Thank you, Michael. Great condition, great price. Really happy with it. He wasn't coming to celebration, so he gave it to a chap called John Peck. John, thank you so much. And uh, I arranged to pick it up off him, which looks lovely. So it's taken uh, my 12 backs up a bit. And then now Grant, obviously we've had in previous podcasts, you would have heard about Grant. Um, how can I put this? Grant likes to go shopping with me and he's he's quite a, you've got to buy this. You've got to buy this. And I know he did it to Craig Spivey at this event as well. But on Saturday afternoon was really nice. I haven't seen Grant probably for over a year. So he came and did a couple of autograph queues with me. And then we, we browsed the shop floor together. And then I said to him, oh, there's a, a nice storyboard over at the prop store I like. Within 10 minutes, he had got me there, talked down the price a bit and had it in a bag. Um, 
So, uh, yeah, so I have got a lovely Rancor storyboard. It's all framed and it's signed by uh, by Howard Kazanjian. Kazanjian, sounds yeah, right. Kazanjian, that's better. Yeah, and that, that is lovely and I can't wait to go on my wall. It was my, my biggest purchase um, and it's beautiful. But, yeah, that is, apart from a few little bits and pieces, a few modern bits here and there, that was it. But I would just say, boy, some brilliant, brilliant uh, purchases there. I tell us, Stu, I was a little bit disappointed with room sales. It was a little bit, it reminded me a bit of London. It was in a really small place, absolutely heaving, and then it ended quite quickly. Well, I think it ended quickly. I went home. I've had enough. But, yeah, it's, it, well, it was a little bit, because the, there was various rumours doing the rounds that, that it had been exposed to a wider audience and they'd cancelled it. And then it was back on again and it was off again and it was back on again. Poor old Jason Smith didn't know which way to turn. It was. It seemed to be quite pricey, lots of stuff. I got a few little car backs from there, a few bargains. Well, I, what I'd call a bargain. You know, 12 backs for $5, I think is pretty good. But yeah, it was, it was a little bit uh, underwhelming. Although I did manage to sell my Meerkat to Sky from the Kivecast, which is quite amazing, for five dollars. <laughs> I've got <laughs> a meerkat. Well, he now owns a BB-8 meerkat, so that'll learn him. So uh, yeah, I, I can't believe I, I, I thought I'd have to give it away, but someone actually gave me cash. Well, you've brought that up. I was going to obviously that was in for our round table, the room sales, but but let's do it while we're here because I must admit, you hear all these stories. There was some fantastic stuff up there. Oh yeah. But I was a little bit underwhelmed as well. I thought it was quite expensive, where everyone says, oh, it's always the, the place to buy. Yeah, yeah, a bit similar. I'd like to hear Jez and Richard's thoughts on that. Well, I missed the IC room sales, which I'm led to believe were a couple of hours before the actual room sales on the Friday. When I arrived, the room sales had already started, and as soon as I got there, I couldn't exactly just run around uh, looking for the items. So I chatted to quite a few people. I think I saw Pete and Todd first. And then I bumped into, you know, Ben and various others. And by the time I got to the bottom of the room sales, I was just so tired because I'd just arrived. I didn't really have a chance to have a good look and a good rummage through. But on the Saturday night, when they did the swap meet, the, there was sort of like an impromptu room sales. And I found that one really reasonable. I had good luck. That's where I got my hammerhead card from. I had a good look through that room sales. It was much more widespread. You could get in, you could see things. You know, um, you had Sean Lemcool was selling a load of these Carter figures that were all reasonably priced. Even inside the room, I met uh, David Deans, and he was giving, you know, some of his coins away, and that's where I bought me Dixie Cups from Duncan Jenkins. So I thought the Saturday night was better, but that Friday, you know, obviously I'd just arrived, I had a long flight, and it was just wrong of us to spend so much time looking at things when I had so many people to say hello to. But one thing I did get from Josh Blake was, um, I don't know if he's got one, guys, but it was a pin. And it was an overstock pin from the from the Kenner figures. He's put in a nice little pack to show what it is. He, he was giving those out of his swag. And I thought that was absolutely excellent. So I'm glad I picked up one of those. Yeah, I picked up a couple of bits and bobs on that for me. I, 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 got, I got this... Empire Strikes Back Beyond the Toys tiny little thing from Duncan Jenkins' store he had some amazing pieces little oddball items really really fantastic uh, sort of printed items Jess how did you find the room sales? there was a whole mix of stuff there we talk about prices I think in some respects some of the stuff you see on room sales is people just trying to sort of um, 
flex their collecting muscle maybe and just show off what they've got because there was certainly a real wide mixture of, of high-end stars and prototype bits i mean various different bits and pieces and you just think wow they were they were really were they priced to sell or was it a case of someone was just right well i'm going to take these i want people to know what i've got and if someone's prepared to offer me the sums i'm asking then brilliant but they certainly weren't asking what people might think is a bit more market value but the variety was incredible and in some respects what was on offer i think there was i know this isn't you know i've mentioned prototypes etc but on one guy's store he he had like a um, at least two dt lukes and seven blue snaggletooths and it was just little things like that and then you go into another store and there were prototypes and first shots and stuff like that but it was well outside um, my budget but yeah was it was it just um, i don't know something for everyone you were very very tempted with a couple of leddy mini rigs weren't you because you do sometimes see some stuff you see the mexican stuff often people often buy things like that where you can see it and then you can risk transporting it yourself back rather than risk international postage and stuff like that we've seen a lot of these things which are quite fragile but there were some leddy mini rigs which um, you don't get to see that often which the guy was asking an okay price for and uh, i thought you were going to go for it at one point yeah, they were nice. They were, you know, the, the Cap 2, for example, all the bits were unused, still bagged. Yeah. Um, in its insert, it was beautiful. Books had a few bit of edgeware, but they were nice, all three of them. Yeah. Uh, as room sales go, yeah, it, it was all right. I was delighted with my $10 Rolling Stone magazine, but uh, it's just the whole social aspect of it was great fun yeah but a whole a whole mixture of not not just vintage the room sales the room sales now you're sort of seeing patches being traded and, and various bits of swag and stuff like that so it's it's really getting very big and and should it be vintage only uh, i don't know maybe any more about the room sales i must admit i, I know i just said i was underwhelmed by it. i wasn't underwhelmed to the point there was some amazing stuff there. Perhaps just too much of it was out my price range. Um, stuff I could afford was stuff I didn't really want. Maybe that's that's more it. I did nearly drop three hundred dollars on a um, Ayala Sakura uh, prototype up there, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but I did pull out of that. Uh, moving on. Hey guys, right, it's Rich here from the Celebration Show Floor. We are at the Fanta Tracks booth now. I'm joined with Stu. Stu, are you enjoying the Celebration so far? I'm loving it, Rich. I'm loving it. I'm a bit disappointed that you've decided to wear a different product's uh, uniform to the Finnish Rebellion part, but hey. <laughs> I had my Vintage Rebellion hoodie on yesterday, nice and warm and snug it was, but, uh, you know, it's, it's quite warm today, I think. Today, I just want to point out, it's snowing a blizzard outside. It is snowing a blizzard, yeah, but it's and still I quite wet. Travelling in. So, <laughs> it's not the... so, we're looking for Jez. Jez is not here. It's, uh, we've been waiting here for about, you know, half an hour getting everything prepared, and Jez goes and does a runner. It's five to two to go and get changed like your Stormtrooper costume. So, no idea where Jez is. Jez, he is missing in action. Okay, Pete here with us. Pete, how are you enjoying the celebration so far, mate? Okay, Pete's on another planet at the moment. Okay, so I'm delighted to be joined by Jeff, one of our listeners. Jeff, how's celebration so far? Celebration has been fabulous, as always. 
this year I think there was there was less problems than last celebration with lines and stuff, and yet more problems with lines and stuff. So <laughs> yes, I think we know they're exactly learning and they're not learning. Yes, great idea, but the poor, put it poorly in the pockets. I think. Um, so free refills of soda, good thing. Yes, uh, free refills is fantastic. Uh, saved an absolute fortune this celebration. What's been your highlight of celebration so far, Jeff? Probably the episode nine reveal. All right. Um, actually, going there, winning the lottery, which was the only lottery I won. All of my rejections went to junk mail, so I never knew that I didn't get them. But being being there at the celebration stage with my wife, watching it live, having Stevie Colbert just appear and as the MC for that was a wonderful experience yeah absolutely fantastic did you catch the Mandalorian panel at all this morning I haven't no. I, I did not and I haven't had time to sit down and just watch it online yeah. so. well I've not seen it yet but it's been described to me as 11 movies all, all shot together so I'm really looking forward to Mandalorian uh, did you go to room sales at all did you cut, Did you go to the room sales when they were selling the I did not go to the room sales this year uh Mainly just because of exhaustion. Yeah, at, at the, definitely tiring. And and the you know the location of it. We're we're staying staying off site. Yeah. And have you bought anything nice to celebration? Have you got anything you um, want to take home? I bought I bought the uh, the Hasbro Obi Wan exclusives. Oh yeah. I bought some nice Obi Wan art, and I'm planning to buy some more Obi Wan art and go completely broke. Oh, yeah. awesome. Nice to meet you again, Jeff, and thank you for supporting the Vintage Rebellion podcast. Thank you much. Thank you much. Well, I'm with Dario at the moment. Dario, how are you enjoying celebration uh, so far? It's out of this world. Out I, be, this I was world. in London three, three years ago, and uh, this is just something else. It's not better, it's not, but it, it's just incredible. Love so, it. A lot of people ask us about the difference between yeah. the US and the UK celebrations. Yeah. If you had to summarise it, what would you say is the big difference between the UK and, or even Europe and a US celebration? I don't know. I think just the sheer size of the whole place. I mean, uh, it's... I don't know. Just, and the, the, the enthusiasm is still there, but just the Americans seem to do everything on a much bigger scale than we do back in the UK. Not necessarily better. Uh, that would be going too far, but I definitely think that they... They're very good at organizing these big events and, uh, you know, just the sheer enthusiasm and passion that people have uh, for, for, the, for, the, for the Star Wars. It's amazing. So if somebody was coming to a year of celebration yeah. purely for vintage, yeah. would you say that there was enough here to justify oh, the visit? Oh, it's incredible. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've, I'm really heavily into vintage myself and I picked up some amazing pieces that you can't find back home. So I really encourage listeners, if, if, you know, come over to America because you get stuff here such such a good choice and it's so much cheaper than you know I guess everybody knows when you know you're online back home and you're trying to buy stuff and it's so expensive come here yeah. you'll get you'll get genuine weapons genuine figures uh, it's all here for you so what have you bought then tell us about some things uh, you've got well I'll show you one of the things I don't know if this was available in the UK oh it's one of the lunch boxes from the Empire Strikes Back yeah, yeah. And, That's awesome. Uh, I don't know if it's. A, you, I don't know if it was available when I was a kid in the UK. I don't think it was this one. No. I picked this up for a bargain. Twenty bucks. Twenty twenty dollars. So you can't. You can't go wrong with that. You can't can go you? wrong with that. No. no, it's in. It's actually in really good condition. Yeah. It's got Apart this, from it's the, got the trays inside as well. Yeah. Yeah. Most of the names awesome. are there. Yeah. The only thing is the button. Which they nearly always are on these. Yeah. But for twenty twenty dollars, you cannot complain about and that. The guy, same same dealer. Yeah. Oh, 
threw in a genuine figure and genuine weapon. They actually gave me this for a fiver. Wow. So we're looking at Rebel Soldier yeah. with a genuine weapon. Five dollars. How much is that back home? What's well, that? About four pounds. Four pounds. Yeah, you You'll couldn't never buy find that. this back. No, nope, you couldn't. No. Nope. So people have got to come over here. Yeah. Okay. So did you go to the boom sales at all? Uh, I haven't been to them. I don't know where they are. Yeah. So maybe after the interview, you can tell me. Possibly. Give me a heads up. Yeah. So uh, we beat the boom sales. I thought the second one was better than the first one yeah. and that's possibly just because we arrived a bit jet lagged a bit tired yeah. and the first one was crowded but the second one uh, eased off a lot so we managed to pick up some nice items um, in the second room sales fantastic um, so have you seen any of the panels Did you have you visited yeah, any yeah unfortunately I didn't win any of the lotteries for the celebration stage but I did get the overflow stages yeah. so I got into the Mandalorian Oh my god, this morning. So you're the first one who we've got on TV yeah. being in Mandalorian. Well, Tell us about it. The Galaxy stage, yeah. and it was incredible. Just looking at the behind the scenes reel, you can feel like they, you know, we haven't seen the original trilogy recapped, re- reincarnated yet. Well, wait till you see the TV show because you feel like you're watching something that's from the 70s or 80s. Yeah. They're using. Uh, you know um, the old methods. You know the models. Uh, there's IG88 in there, and he's you see him in action for the first time. Oh, excellent. so that is incredible. So after oh those, yes, a salacious crumble spit roast, <laughs> pretty tasty. Yeah. Well, I've not seen the panel yet, so I'm really looking forward to watching that today. Yeah. So Dario, many thanks for stopping well, thank by. You very thank much, you for Richard. listening to the Vintage Valley Podcast. Your support is appreciated. Take care. Right, I'm delighted to be joined here by Orba. Orba, how are you enjoying the celebration? It is awesome and amazing. A lot of fun, a lot of good training, and just a lot of excitement in the air. <laughs> so, which items have you picked up um, at celebration? I have been doing a lot of the patches. So, I've been trading patches left and right, working on the Oswalk rifle patch, the Millennium Falcon patches. We're really focusing on the patches this year. Well, one thing that we've noticed is previous celebrations have all been about buttons, but this year it's definitely patches. Everyone's wanting patches. Absolutely, and poker chips. Poker, poker chips, chips are big yeah. too, yes. Yeah. But yeah, everybody wants the patches now. So have you seen any of the panels? I have not, because I have been focusing purely on the patches, and that leaves no time for panels or fun. Yeah. Well, <laughs> we, we saw you guys on one of the collecting track panels, um, the one with Chris Lord, Julius and Jim Swevenson, where they did a, a, a full thing on your, on your collecting club for ah. about 30 seconds, so it was interesting to see how much you do in the community. You, you're really involved, and you use your Star Wars fans from many different areas. You know, you've got some who seem to be collectors, and some are in the movies. Absolutely, because it it, it's a very diverse group. Yes. And so there's people that just do vintage, there's people that just do the new movies, there's people that just do cars, there's people that don't, hate, don't do cards. So, I mean, it's, it's a very diverse, and it's channeling that fun into to helping the community. Yeah. Now, you're particularly excited about picking up one of our Helis Death Star pencil sharpeners, and we... Obviously, we don't have those. We just managed to get an opportunity to buy some for very, very cheap. And we said, we'll bring them to the States and see, see if people get excited about them. But you, you seem to be super excited about this. I am super excited because I love the overseas stuff being here in the U.S. <laughs> and so I have been looking for this for years. <laughs> and this is just amazing that I am able to have one in my hand and walk away with it. <laughs> well, I'm glad we can help out. Uh, many thanks for coming to see us. Um, and enjoy the rest of the time of celebration. Absolutely. You all too. Cancel the message for Jez. He has now arrived. Cancel the message. 
Right, I'm joined here by Dallas now, so many of you guys know Dallas from the Rebel Scum Forum. You've been connecting for quite a long time, Dallas. Yes, well, since 78, I guess, off and on, wow. like many people. So, what's the experience of celebration? Do you think it's been a good one? Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's my first celebration, and it, uh, it is a mind-blower for sure. Just the, the exhibit halls full of uh, great vintage stuff, lots of costumes, cosplayers, people around, collecting clubs. Mega. Yeah. Did you go to Room Seals? Uh, I did go to the room sales. Yeah? Yes. What do you think? Oh, I love the room sales. Um, I, I came here with one thing in mind to buy, which was a die-cast tie bomber. Oh, wow. And uh, the first guy, the uh, um, first stand that was set up in the room sales had a die-cast tie bomber. I walked in with Steve. Brilliant, Rich. Well done. Boys, we've already, we were going to have a little round table. Now, we've already discussed quite a lot of the room sales and like i don't think we need to go into the organization anymore i think we we covered that and i think we were all pretty happy with the lottery system what did you think of chicago as a city i thought it was brilliant you know there was a lot of people who didn't know it was on but there were some subtle things you know in our hotel they had changed the what was it the board the board of directors and this and the other hadn't they they had changed everything to show star wars faces they they appear to have bought into it quite well you know there was there was more they could have done but i i quite frankly i loved it everything about it i got the vibe i i, I really enjoyed it i thought once you were away from celebration you couldn't necessarily tell that there was a huge star wars event on in a lot of the places there were subtleties in our hotel but as as a as a city i thought it was great yeah, I thought Chicago had the best and the worst of America. I felt, because, you know, I, I, I'm up at 6am, so I was up at 6, I was, you know, enjoying some nice strolls. The amount of homeless people I saw was unbelievable. And all, anywhere that was open was full of homeless people. McDonald's, whether that was the train system, was full of homeless people sleeping because obviously it's warm. One evening, I went down the wrong block. And a guy come up to us and said, you know, you wanted some change? And I just waved my hand at him and says, no, I'm not interested. And he went, hey, I'm, a, I'm a drug dealer. I'll, I'll come over and I'll take your money and all this kind of stuff. And I just went, yeah, go on. I just had to walk straight past him. So I was, I was in the wrong block at that point. But equally, I saw all the great things in Chicago. Beautiful city. Amazing transport system. Very, very easy to get around. Um, everybody, you know, I went to Targets, I went to different places, they were all very friendly, very helpful, clean, super clean. And the best thing I saw was actually a homeless person singing to Red Hot Chili Peppers. He had a, he had a, one of those huge ghetto blasters from the 80s, and he was sitting on this, singing to Red Hot Chili Peppers as loud as he could, and he was so passionate about it. I would like to go again, but I'm led to believe that Chicago only got celebration because of a joint deal that they were doing with the the lucas museum of art but because that got canned um it was too late to sort out chicago so um i'm led to believe that that will be the one and only celebration and i would like to go back again maybe in about i don't know 10 years time or something that's a shame because the convention center was ideal wasn't it it was it was laid out nicely it's a city set up for for lots of people it can contain you know it's not like uh, some places I've been to where it seems to struggle. You know, they put an event on it, it struggles a sporting event or something, and uh, all the hotels are gone. It was easy to get accommodation. It's easy to move around, like Richard said. The, the, I mean, that convention centre had, you know, event on. The, <laughs> had all sorts of stuff going on all the time. Uh, you also had the hotel having events on at the same time. So it could contain thousands of people, and it dealt with it very, very well, I thought. So with ease. And I would definitely love it to be in a big city like that again. Because when it was in Anaheim, you're not really near anywhere. 
you kind of like you're near Disney and you do feel a bit out of it. And I think I think that that was kind of like a, a, a it can be it can feel a bit sort of detached. But when you're in a big seat like that, it's great because you can just disappear and go and do your own thing afterwards. You don't have to be, you know, stuck next to the convention center for, you know, a week or whatever. What do you think? What do you think about the food in America? Generally, <laughs> I just, I'm like, it's great if you if you just want to eat burgers, hot dogs and pizza. But there wasn't much else, was there? Whole really? foods. You need to embrace whole foods and go and get yourself some green things. Exactly. There's no, um, you know, just a nice, just a nice meal with a bit of veg. Well, I think you can order it. It's just that when when you go abroad like that, you kind of tend to you kind of tend to try and do the the cheesy kind of big thing. But uh, I think you need to look on the menu's a bit harder there, Stu, because there's plenty, there's plenty of salads and lo- lovely stuff. And their salads, they, they, when they do salads, they don't just like have a few green bits. They do like, you know, half a blooming chicken in the salad. Yeah, I don't just mean a salad. I mean, like, I still want my uh, my meat. Beef. But with a nice bit of it. But we found, actually, one night, me, Jez, Grant, went to a stir-fry place, didn't we, Jez? Uh, where you get a bowl, you order three meats, and then you get a bowl and you fill it all up with your veg. And you put that on the counter, and then they stir-fry it with the meats you've chosen. Which was a bit different, and made a change. I've eaten that a lot in the states, and, and, and normally, like I said, the the, the the lead items are there on the menu. But you can you can find them. I think it's just the fact that like you tend to go for oh I'll have a big old burger or anything. But you yeah, I, I'd say that most time I've, I've I've eaten out, I've avoided that sort of stuff and gone straight for the the good stuff. And and if it doesn't come with vegetables, I ask for them. And normally they're they they're normally dealing as a side. But um, I just I just found the streets smell of burgers. <laughs> Because everyone just, just burgers. Weed. When I was walking down the streets, yeah, you're right. Weed and burgers was all I could smell. Yeah. And apart from when I was with Richard, where a bit of urine, odiac <laughs> urine came in. But um, yeah, apart from that, it was all it was all good. <laughs> Can I just say that a couple of people at celebration, one was with Paul Chu, who I think he was called Josh, and there was definitely one or two others. It all said that the level of abuse I take of you three <laughs> is unbelievable. And I, I it was, was justified. Called, Shut it, Northerner. I was called the Yehuda of the podcast. So I took that as a big compliment, but apparently Yehuda gets a lot of ribbon as well. And a couple of them asked why I put up with it. And I said, it's always the same. Whenever we get close to Father's form, he's a nice as nightmares. And then the next show after it, and I said, I guarantee you this show, guarantee you, the insult to be flying. And I'll just be sitting there taking it, biding me time, hanging over until it's, yes, Rich, no, Rich, three bags full, Rich, can I do anything for you more when it comes to August? You see. Rich, Rich, listen, listen, one second, yeah? One second, just listen. You hear it? That's the world's smallest violin playing your tune, like. I heard your brain ticking. <laughs> Rich, you know, you know, you said as we get closer to the Father's From, you know, everyone starts being nice to you. I think the next Father's From's in a couple of weeks' time, and I think you're a bellwacker. <laughs> yeah, it's only because you know I'm not going to that one. Because <laughs> you, <laughs> do you know what? I wasn't going to bring up the shorts anymore, but there was just one funny story one night. I think it was the last night we could have even been in the bar, and um, Matt George toodles over, and he's like. Oh, where's your short shorts, Rich? He did, yeah, he did. <laughs> and Rich was like, oh, no, my shorts are about the same length as what you're wearing now. And he was like, no, they weren't. And he started pulling up his short legs. And he was going, you were like this with your testicles hanging out. <laughs> <laughs> and it did it did really make me chuckle. Taking that back to Chicago, right, what on earth was going on with the weather? How can we go from 
I got sunburnt on Monday, <laughs> no, on Tuesday, and then uh, we had an entire day of snowing on the, was it Sunday, wasn't it? Was it Sunday? Or was it Saturday? Uh, One of the weekends. It was it crazy. Was, it was on the um, Saturday, wasn't it? it was, no, it um, could have even been the Friday. It was the night we all went out drinking together, it wasn't, wasn't it? Sun, it was a Saturday because I was there. But that, you've just reminded me that that was the one thing that I didn't like about the organisation, Pete, because you said walkways, but you could actually only use the walkways if you had VIP or one of the other badges, except for the first day. So when it was snowing, and it was heavy snow, I tried to go through the walkway, and they went, oh, I can't go through, you've got to go outside. So I had to go outside to cross the road to get to the other side of the walkway, which would have taken us 30 seconds to go through the walkway. And it wasn't as if there was loads of people there. There was only me and maybe two others, and they wouldn't let me through. I don't think there's ever been a sentence where someone said walkway so many times. <laughs> I got through on, on it a couple of times, Rich. I got through on a couple of times when, when I was late. Well, yeah, I thought, well, I'm going to try and get into that panel and just, <laughs> just went on the walkway and uh, just waved, waved my badges went through. They didn't, even, they didn't even bother to check. And then a bit later in the convention, they tended to check a bit more. Actually, it was very lax on that first day. That episode nine panel, anyone could have gone in, into that because they never, checked my, they never scanned the, the QR codes. But then after that, they seemed to tighten up a lot. Because so when on the Mandalorian panel, they definitely scanned my pass. And on obviously with the Phantom Menace panel, you guys got me in. They they wouldn't let me in with a with a dodgy one. I had to have a genuine one. Yeah, Thursday and Friday, you could have got into the whole thing without a pass. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You, you, no one checked our passes at all on the first day at all, did they? So uh, you could yeah, just print one off the internet, you know, a badge, and you got in. They they just hadn't got a clue. But then then they did tighten up a bit later. To be fair to them. Just going back to that weather, you, you were right, okay. Before we went, people were like, oh, you, you know, it can change from one day to the next. We got there on that Tuesday and we went for a walk and we sat by the river and had a beer in our T-shirts. And then two days later, it is blizzarding and there's like snow everywhere and it is freezing cold. I think that, although the first night, Jess didn't stop moaning, did he, Pete? Oh, Stu, let's go out without coats on to the basketball. And we came out, and it was freezing. <laughs> and Simon asleep at the basketball. Oh, my word. <laughs> Terrible. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was more razzmatazz than basketball. I've been telling people, what was the game like? Because I don't remember the game. I remember all the dance show that went on throughout the entire event and the giveaways and the, the you could just go there and have a good time without even watching a game of basketball is it's, is the strangest experience isn't it because they play like two minutes someone does a timeout and you've got like a full-on cabaret show going on and they're like, like what's going on but there's no klaxon or whistle or anything to say the game's going back on again all of a sudden they're just playing basketball again and you like, well when did that start and then it stops again, and you've got like a coffee cup running around a track <laughs> with a donut chasing it or something. You're just like, <laughs> what's going on? I tell you what, yeah. if you were half cut, you would be in this very <laughs> serene place. And you just called Jez a doorknob. <laughs> but it was great. So we've just we've just alluded to going into the panels and stuff now. Now the panels, uh, the first day we had the episode nine panel, and um, first of all, Rich, thank you, Rich wasn't there. He won the panel. Um, to go to one of the side show stages and I had your ticket rich and obviously the episode nine panel was amazing I did feel quite touched about the response that Kelly Marie got uh, rose from the thing the you could see it absolutely affected her you know she got quite teary an amazing response for her amazing cheers people chanting her name and I thought that was a beautiful moment of that panel the trailer was amazing but that bit of that panel was amazing boys what did you all actually think of the episode nine panel 
Dude, I loved it. And I just got to give a shout out to Grant for this because, you know, I said earlier on that we went and we saw the episode seven Chewie were home thing and I didn't get the episode nine panel. And Grant did. I think Grant got one of the, I'll watch it in this particular room. So we weren't going to watch it together. And he turned around to me and this is, this is celebration. This is part of it. Grant just turned around to me and said, no way. I'm not going in there. I'm just going to watch it with you. We'll get a screen if we have to watch it on a phone. I just want to be stood next to you when you see the trailer. And to me, that was the standout moment for me for celebration because that was just, yeah, that was just friendship and, and Star Wars and, and everything about it. So we ended up going to the floor where all the stalls and stands and everything like that was. And the Star Wars show had their own stage. And this is a great thing now about celebrations, isn't it? It doesn't matter if you can't make it necessarily because everyone can view it online. So it was streamed and it was put onto the uh, large screens. So I just watched it next to Grant and, and the whole thing, I was just really excited from start to finish um, all the images I saw looked brilliant I thought all of the guys and girls were on form it was great to see uh, was it Eunice, Eunice the new Chewbacca uh, the guy who's now been in numerous uh, Star Wars films but some of, some of his images of him holding up his little baby whilst he was dressed as Chewbacca the, the whole thing was brilliant but that the the trailer just really really knocked me for six and i was the same useless me afterwards for a, a good 20 minutes whilst i was sort of processing everything and i it just set everything up brilliantly i loved it loved it pete now you were in the actual main main arena wasn't you for the yeah i was actually on the floor um on the on the show floor which would you fall off your chair <laughs> yeah yeah i did excitement but um yeah i, I, I was lucky enough to get um, that was the the only main panel I won, but I managed to get into all the rest of them somehow. But yeah, it was just it, it was just the electric atmosphere. Because I mean, what people don't kind of realise is is that it's it really does they do ramp it up. So you've got the kind of pre-show with Warwick Davis, you know, doing interviews and and that DJ guy doing his his stuff. You know, that Mark Daniel running around the room doing crazy stuff. So that's getting people excited. And as it filled up, and it wasn't full, there was a plenty of seats there, which was a bit irritating. But uh, cause, like, you know, all the people who could be in here having having this, you know, there's plenty of seats. But I thought, oh, never mind. I'm quite happy to be in here. And uh, it, it just as the as people came out, obviously you had Stephen Colbert, is it, who was doing the MCing. So he's apparently very very famous in America on TV. So he was very excitable. And then you obviously brought out Kathleen Kennedy and JJ Abrams, and of course that got you know everyone excited. Then they brought start bringing out the cast, that got people really excited. And as they, they, they start to show pictures of, you know, stills of the characters in their new outfits, um, which got people even more excited. And it, it just got ramped up more and more. And they start to give little, you know, they, they couldn't say much. Um, they had to be very careful, obviously. <laughs> you had Kathleen Kelly on the stage, probably with NDAs hanging around all their necks saying, you dare send it. Because they kept it, for, remember, to remember, absolutely virtually zero footage or anything has been leaked before this panel. So we didn't, I mean, normally we go into it. We knew The Force Awakens was The Force Awakens and in The Last Jedi was Last Jedi. We had no idea anything other than Episode Nine. So, you know, people were speculating on the title. Some people said it had been leaked before the panel, which I didn't hear. So that was good. And, if, of course, when that trailer started, that's when everyone's going nuts. And, and the room was buzzing. Everyone's standing up. They're thinking, this is this is it. And, of course, the trailer plays and you hear the uh, the laugh of uh, Ian McDiarmid. And then he appeared on stage. He suddenly, in the corner of the stage, he appeared. And that sent the room absolutely nuts. 
you know, it was like a football crowd, you know, scoring last minute winner. Suddenly the place is going bonkers. People jump him down and he just comes out and just goes roll it again in his emperor voice. And of course, you know, that was it. Meltdown. Some guy next to me, I thought looked a little bit like Tracy Morgan from American TV. He was like, hang on, hang on the back of my back. It's like, where is this guy? It was absolutely bonkers in that room. And then, uh, of course, we had the trailer again, and then that was it. But, uh, oh, my goodness, it's, it's just that atmosphere. It's a real shame, Stu, we couldn't f- get you in there just to experience that, because it is like a football crowd. It is just, oh, electric, really. It buzzes. It buzzes like Mr. Palpatine's hands. Can I tell you the strangest thing about that panel was when the host asked Oscar Isaacs, what's it like to answer questions in Spanish? And he went, it's the same as <laughs> yeah. in English, but in Spanish. And it was just the strangest question. Um, I had no idea where he came from it, because I thought he'd done quite a good job of hosting. But I, I stood, sat there and I was thinking, what is he going on about? But, um, the well, he, well, he couldn't ask much, could he? He, couldn't, he, was, he was kind of limited what to ask, because he couldn't ask what your characters are doing, what their names are or, or whatever. He had very little. I mean, he, he kind of admitted at the start he had very little to ask, because they weren't going to give anything away. They've kept it so secretive. And, it's, I mean, it's worth mentioning as well the, the, the playful sexual tension between Oscar Isaac and John Boyega. I mean, I don't know if you saw it, but he kept, he, they were very close in that panel. And Oscar Isaac, he's a right cheeky little monkey, isn't he? He is, he is. I thought it was crazy, but the trailer. Oh my goodness, the trailer. It's a Death Star makes it, basically. Oh, yeah. Seeing that Death Star was I think, just... the, I think the opening shot of the the sand and to Ray and the way she jumps over the tie, it's incredible. It is well, incredible. Well, we have another. We have the, the, the third trailer with heavy kind of breathing. Cause remember, we had a Force Awakens with Finn. We had uh, Last Jedi with with Ray. You know, um, in that scene with Luke on the side of Acto, and we have Ray again, heavy breathing. They're, they're, they've all started this kind of the same way, haven't they? Yeah. And Jez, and I know you like your sentences with your yeah. trilogies. Does does the Force Awakens, the Last Jedi? The Rise of Skywalker um, doesn't yeah. make a sentence anymore, does it? No. Well, it kind of makes more sense to Richard substituting I for us. But, you know, it's <laughs> uh, it, it works for me. I mean, I love, I think it was Grant pointed out when they sort of did almost like the Matrix slow motion thing over Ray going over the uh, TIE Interceptor or, or the TIE Fighter. He said, that's Skywalker, you know? And I was like, oh, yeah, it's pretty good, that, yeah. Yeah, but oh, it's brilliant. I, I did think this trailer was different actually at the beginning because in the past, the previous ones is the beginning of a trailer has very much been a, a sort of shock, a jump. It's been sort of uh, Finn suddenly being there as the stormtrooper, or you've got Ray being there as the scavenger. And so it just starts very abruptly, very quickly. Whereas this, it was just audible before visual. And I thought that was a different take. So uh, yeah, yeah. But for me, when you when you heard the whole cackle, the laugh, <laughs> I, I just didn't see that coming. Not me for six. You know, I I was looking to the right side of the stage, and suddenly I was attacked from the left. You know, it was just it just came out of nowhere. I wasn't looking for it, and uh, brilliant, everything I wanted. We had some other panels there. Uh, the Mandalorian looks incredible. Lots of nods to uh, the vintage era. Um, you had the 
Galaxy's Edge. Did anyone go to the Galaxy's Edge panel or watched it? No. <laughs> no. And then the Phantom Menace, which I'm going to be honest, I was I was more buzzing about that than any panel. But I felt a little bit flat at the end of that. Wasn't I was expecting so much more from the 20th anniversary. I don't know. I don't know what I was expecting. I wonder if that's just the fact that Disney don't really sort of celebrate the whole episode one, episode two, episode three kind of thing. It was all a bit Monday, wasn't it? But there was a, there was a lot of episode one stuff around, wasn't there? You've only got to go in the show, the store to see like coats with maul on the back. And there were several episode one T-shirts and patches in there and stuff. So it wasn't. Yeah, I, I don't know. I just expected I expected <laughs> just one guest would have been good that wasn't named. Yeah, there was there was a, a lack of pizzazz. I yeah, and then I thought I thought the end of it was very odd when Warwick started giving like um <laughs> like reading their IMDb profiles out. Kind of like, it felt like a bit like a time filler that they didn't have anything else to say, and it was just like oh, there's this geezer who sung on Broadway once in 1979 or something. I just found it all a little bit odd with that, but um yeah, but the closing ceremony was nice. I went to the closing ceremony with Jez. That was nice, wasn't it, Jez, seeing the trailer again? And Yeah, if if you've never been to a celebration, if you've never been interested in a celebration, you're probably not, still not listening. You're not listening to this anymore. Um, however, the closing ceremony video, I just want to show everyone. You know, I don't know if it's the same with you, Stu. I want my family to see it. I want my friends to see it and say, look, this is it. This is Star Wars Celebration. This is what it's about. Because, again like they do every time they've just captured it brilliantly and yeah the uh, closing thing was good fun but the video which they played as part of that was perfect everything looked amazing let's be honest about it even that the clone wars coming back looks amazing you know ahsoka left at the end of series six her back with anakin it was brilliant i just everything about it before we move on boys and start to close out the show floor there must have been some highlights he had fan booths in there we had there was props. There was stuff you could take photos with. The cosplay. Let's talk about cosplaying. The cosplaying costumes were incredible. I've got a thing for Twi'leks since I come back from the celebration. Um, yeah, really? with you on that. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. and uh, um, definitely going to do a show for Twi'leks. But, uh, yeah, boys, talk to me about the floor. Talk to me about cosplaying. Talk to me about anything you think needs mentioning. I've got to, I've got to talk about the Brian Daly panel because it was just epic. It, it really was. I'm going to have to do more on this because uh, it was. Uh, I, did, I don't know if you, you know anything about the radio dramas. I think I've gone on about it many, 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 many times. It was. I, it, I would say, aside from the big showy panels at and obviously episode nine, it was definitely my favourite panel because it was just there was so much information they packed into it, and it was done by a couple. Um, I'll get his names right. Maria Jose and john tenuto they're quite well known they've they've done on they've done uh, various tv spots and all sorts but their their level of research and respect for brian daly who obviously adapted or was one of the people who adapted the radio dramas from the original films and when i sat down that panel i've got like six six pages of notes on it because uh, there was just so much good stuff I think this this is this is legendary i don't think anyone recorded it which is really gutting because if I'd known that, I would have probably recorded myself just to make go over what 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 they what they covered. But there were just so many little little factoids in there, things like what you wouldn't have ever realised. You know, you're turning 27 minutes of dialogue from Star Wars into six and a half hours. Now you're thinking you've got no visuals to play with. So how on earth? Where do you start with that? 
So you don't actually, if you listen to it, you don't actually have a, as such a narrator through the entire, entire radio drama. You know, you're taking 27 minutes to six and a half hours. It's just, it's just, it doesn't even bear thinking about. But little things like Anthony Daniels playing C3PO, you know, they have to go in there and remove his breathing. Because <laughs> of course, robots don't breathe, do they? Or droids don't breathe. So you're thinking, how on earth do you even start that? And this is going back, you know, years and years and years ago. You've got to try and do that. But there were so many little tidbits. One thing I would love to find out is when, when they're going through, when Brian Daly was, was trying to find all the information and they had access to all the Lucasfilm archives and stuff, they did things like they, they flew over all the sound effects. Ben Burke flew over all the sound effects on a plane. He had to book a plane seat to stick all the tapes on a plane seat to get them from A to B to help, help out. I mean, just incredible, incredible amount of stuff. One of, one of my favorite favorite parts of it was apparently Lucas George Lucas actually acted out the entirety of Star Wars and they got it on tape so he did all the characters voices of how he how he heard them in his head and acted it all out uh, when they were, when they were producing Star Wars and actually found these tapes and and uh, that's where they got a lot of information from but uh, just an incredible tribute to an incredible man and you know his influence on Star Wars not not just the radio dramas but throughout star wars and novels i'm sure ritual will will take us back his books are epic but they feature so many little nods and they're continuing to feature nods to his original work all the way through through star wars it was just just honestly honest the best panel i could ever attended I, i'll never forget it it's brilliant what i will say you're talking about other panels mm. <laughs> i remember a few of us we went to the episode one soundtrack one yeah. with david collins and that was amazing his passion and his research into that music is infectious when you listen to him talk about it because you can see that it means so much to him even at the end when he was telling us about the empress theme being in the celebration at the end of episode one you can see him in actually welling up with the information yeah. on the stage he looks emotional because it means that much to him it, it you heard that, that one jez wasn't you even if you're not a musician it was incredible wasn't it it was yeah it was i mean it it was very much uh, not a copy and paste or a complete carbon copy of the podcast which he does or did oxygen so he now does obviously the, his own dedicated movies podcast but so i had heard most of that before but it was great to watch his enthusiasm come off on stage as well so more than you would necessarily get from his podcast but yeah really really good and and what was also you know quite thrilling was to see the audience's reaction in general to the big sort of um sort of finale of, of what he was explaining uh, particularly about the emperor's theme so uh, yeah that was great i would definitely suggest anyone goes listens to those uh, i think they're still on rebel force radio the podcast where he does with jimmy mack they are they are some of the best in in depth no, i'll say in depth because that sounds like it's going to complicate things they just they're so informative that you just you can just listen to them over and over again because you can oh my goodness and you get a new appreciation that that the soundtrack wasn't just some music as a background playing it actually dictate not dictates it's it, it's, a, it's a commentary on the film throughout you can listen to the soundtrack and actually understand the film as it's going through because it's so so detailed but uh I remember I went to one of his panels before and just the, the I think he talked about the, the very essence of the, the, the sort of main Star Wars theme, the, the four or five notes that kind of like um, indic- indicative of Star Wars is ingrained into um, how they developed the entire film, you know, you know, you know, down to words and and script and stuff. It's just, oh, my God, the guy's a genius. He, he needs two hours. I mean, an hour's not enough. 
Well, he's just recently released a four-hour podcast on what Jez said was his own show called The Soundtrack Show. And he's done Empire Strikes Back in four parts, which I would urge everyone to go listen to, even if you have listened to Oxygen, because um, he's really went to town on that one, so that's well worth checking out. Mm, I think I will now, Rich. That sounds good. The pa- one of the panels I went to I thought was really good was um, I went with Jez to the the Kenner one with Jim Swearingen and Chris Jorgulius, and we got cut out, didn't we, Jez? We, we couldn't get in there, but we managed to get ourselves in the panel was you know very appreciative to those who helped me get in there uh, but that was a fantastic panel and what I took away from that was even though you've got Jim Swemmingen there who was you know the guy who designed a lot of these early toys and he was involved in the, the mock-ups of the figures and you know kit bashing them and you know sourcing these parts I think the, the respect that that guy had for Chris and you could tell that if him and Chris disagreed on something he would have went with Chris because I think he knew, he knew that Chris knew him and what he did better than what he did himself, and I think that's a testament to the amount of work that Chris and Ron and various others have done um, on the SWCA and you know the 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 time the research that they've done. But it was an absolutely brilliant panel. The photographs were amazing that they showed there, and there were there were some photographs that I've never seen before. And I know that that panel, I think that panel anyway, is on YouTube now, and all a lot of them are up there. So I would urge everybody to go and check that panel out because it was it was brilliant. Yeah, me, me and Jez did the cosplay contest, which is we didn't do it as we didn't go into it, but we're watching it and the level of dedication of some of the fans. There the, the was a, the first round was a needlework round, so it was you know it was level of sewing and and just you know detailing costumes. They had like I think it was five women on the stage and they had spent hundreds of hours doing mostly Amadala costumes. But, oh, my goodness, a level of dedication. You, you probably saw around the cosplay. Because these people just, they spend like a year doing this sort of thing. So it, it, it was incredible. It was so good to see. The, and, the, and the kids' costumes as well were brilliant. This, this one girl was dressed as BB-8. And from the, the torso up. And then her legs. She had these two enormous ATST legs on her. So she was playing BBST, as they called it. And uh, she, they couldn't get on stage because the legs were so, the legs were so big. But actually, the legs worked themselves. And you're thinking, how on earth do you come up with this stuff? This is just crazy. But there was no cardboard costumes, sadly, guys. No cardboard costumes. We we, should, we need to rectify that another year. Now, the, the winning costume in that was was kind of like that loader thing, wasn't it, from Mascanata's Castle? Yeah, Hello. it was good. Um, I saw it on the last day. Now, I have got an image of it, which I put on our social media when we launched. But what a costume that is as well. <laughs> it's incredible, isn't it? He's on stilts, remember? He's on stilts, and he's got extended arms so it just i mean it, it could be in a film i mean this this is why when we had the mandalorian panel that they use you know i mean they use it in, for the mandalorian tv series they ran out of stormtroopers so they actually got the fiber first and they used um loads of actors to actually play the parts you know actually you know play the background stormtroopers because you know the, the, these people are so good at this stuff that it's film quality you know, it is just oh, just it, it just it astounds me. I, I'd love to do a cosplay one year, but it's just getting the costume over. Yeah, it's strange actually. I don't know whether it's the same person, but obviously I, I bought a new car this week, and I went to collect it Tuesday. And the bloke that was sending me the car was a bloke that works in the garage. Is part of the Five First, and has just finished designing a Wampa costume. Now I did wonder <laughs> if it was the one that was actually in in Chicago or not, but he wasn't there that day me to be able to ask him my goodness but i thought that'd be a real coincidence that if that was because i saw the wampa costume on the when we were there getting our um tickets and like 
Do you think to myself that would be a do, massive coincidence? Do you know, I think that there were three Wampers at Chicago. Was there? Yeah, following a few collectors, um, cosplay groups and stuff like that, I think there were three. And, uh, yeah, I mean, but uh, as Pete said, the cosplay competition was just brilliant to watch. There were so many, so many good things. It's just really, really inspiring. And it was great. I enjoyed that, I think. Uh, an element of celebration really really significantly because it was i haven't been to the cosplay competition before because i thought i'd seen it all on the shop floor and you don't see anything near it you know so whilst you see loads of cosplay on the shop floor you should really take the time to go to the cosplay competition i mean the, the cosplays on the shop floor there were some hilarious ones you know biker scout getting attacked by ewoks with um, Ewoks around his legs and arms, some of the um, some of the thought which has gone into it. I think the most inappropriate thing. I think some of the um, uh, slut. Uh, <laughs> that's so Freudian. Some of the hut slayer leers. I think, and there are some people who walk around with leaving a little bit too much on show, particularly for a kids show. I think you know there are some things you think, yeah, you're just a bit of exhibitionism there. It's a little bit unnecessary. But there, there was some really, really, really it was clever. Was all Slayer costumes? I mean, I mean, I got a great picture with Deadpool doing Slave Lair, which I thought was a great costume. But I didn't see that many females doing it. It seemed to be uh, mashups doing it. <laughs> yeah, I know what you get about the uh, toilets, Stu, because I said to you guys before that I've always had a thing: blue alien females in Avatar, the green one in Guardians yeah. of the Galaxy, and these toilets. So it must be something it's about it's, it's the green and the blue skin. Yeah, it's 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 just the the, uh, the diversity of love just appeals to me. Anyway, um, going back to different panels, I mean, the panels which you've mentioned were all brilliant. I mean, I like going to the ILM presents making solo one. I thought it was really great because I got to see some good behind the scenes stuff um, for solo. I mean, but there was something for everyone. There were what four or five different concurrent panels going on at any one time because of all the different stages. We were we were really spoiled for choice. And you had to, I mean, you know, we all saw it that we were all making our little um, sort of plot for the for the week in the weeks leading up to it, and just looking at the different things. You, you just couldn't fit it all in. It, it was just so we were sport for choice celebration. It's, isn't it sad, Jez, that so many people just go to celebration and they just do? I I, I always think that celebrations, you know, it's about five layers. You got your big panels, your big stuff, you know, your big spending money, um, doing the big stuff. And I probably I reckon I did fifteen percent of the convention, maybe not even maybe ten percent of the convention. And I and I did you know three of the big panels out of the four, and I saw ten percent of the convention because yeah there was so much stuff, and it, it's such a shame that lots of people go. I mean I never struggled to get into any panel because it's just yeah you know, I mean I, I went to the the Kiri cutting. So uh, this is a woman who basically cuts out drawings from a drawing. It's just it's staggering talent. And the room was only there's probably about 25 of us in the room. You're thinking this needs a wider audience. It's absolutely breathtaking. And you're thinking that these people just, you know, they'd rather queue up overnight to go to a panel that you're going to see on TV later sometimes. And you're thinking, come on, guys, let's embrace all of Star Wars. There's so much creativity out there. And that poor Japanese woman dressed as Obi-Wan Kenobi, she deserved a full house. I mean, the, the cosplay contest, that was full, wasn't it? That was packed. And that room was yeah, even. Yeah. Even. Uh, but it, I, I'm so pleased. It was just the break which we all needed. And yeah, <laughs> you're absolutely right, Pete. You've nailed it there. Just, you know, don't just 
do all the collecting tracks. I mean, the collecting tracks are brilliant. They they really were, but there was so much to do. Yeah, just dip your toe, go and have a little look at something else, and then just catch up online. Because thanks to people like Chris Porteous and and, and so on and so forth, we get to view these things afterwards. And uh, yeah, such a good celebration. I just want to point out before we move on to the next thing. Um, I went and did, like I said, already eight. Eight autographs. Erin <laughs> Kellyman, Emphas Nest um, from Solo, is the most loveliest person you will ever meet. Talking to her, she was massively overwhelmed by the the people that wanted to meet her and get her. She was lovely, and there was a, there was a couple of the OT people I went to. I don't want to mention them, but you've only got to look at my autographs for who I've got. You can probably work it out that these people don't even acknowledge you. They don't even look up. It's it's just a conveyor belt of purely there for the money kind of thing. Billy D. Williams, I'm going to name him. There's no, there's nothing. It's a signature, and it's move on, move on, move on. Where Aaron Kellyman wanted to wanted to talk to you and wanted wanted to acknowledge what you were doing or what you were there for. She was absolutely delightful, same as Matthew Wood, delightful. Daniel Logan, delightful people that are so. I'm a best, really nice bloke. But um, yeah, the difference between the experience of meeting someone like Aaron Kellyman. And Billy D, miles apart. She was absolutely lovely. So if you see her at an event, seriously, go and meet her because she was um, she was fantastic. I tell um, you, wasn't it a shame we didn't get a recording of when when uh, Ahmed Bass said, "Hey, the Vintage Rebellion," <laughs> when yeah. we walked in because we were all wearing our hoodies. Do I tell you what the best thing about that that was, Pete? Me, you, we were all standing in the line with Rich, and the queue with Richard went sod this queue, we're going to be here hours, and about five minutes later, we were in having our photo taken. <laughs> it didn't really he seemed like a nice guy. Hey, Richard or I'm my best? Oh, no, right, Richard, obviously. <laughs> um, I'm my best. He seemed, it'd be nice to have a chat. Yeah, it's all very quick in and out with those photos, oh. isn't it? But uh, we've got that forever. <laughs> On my wall. One last thing I want to talk about, boys, and that is the swag. So many people, there was some terrific swag being given away. I think the first night in the bar... Uh, me, me, Jez and Grant headed down to the higher. There all sorts of people were in there. Um, so many people that help on our podcast. You know, the likes of Ron was in there and uh, Chris Fawcett we had on the last show. Uh, Chris Letty, such a nice bloke. Uh, Chris Riley was in there. Sean Moynihan. It, there was a host of people we've had on the show and it was a really, really good night. And Chris Riley gave me his mousetrap, which was just amazing. It's a trap. Admiral Akbar on a cardboard topper with a little mouse droid, which was a 3D made thing to go with the trap. Amazing piece of swag. It's right up there with my favourite from the week. Um, being, it's in my it's in my shelves at the moment because it, it deserves a pride and place. A uh, boys, standout swag for you boys. Rich, you haven't spoken for a while. I think Sean Moynihan did a little piece with form from the Death Star. <laughs> the tough yeah, compactor. Yeah, of course. Sean Moynihan did a, a little piece from the from the Death Star, which I thought was great. Patches seemed to be the big thing, and I was I was hesitant on collecting patches because I, I don't know what to do with them. You know, I, I know a lot of people are are going patch crazy, but I, I, they're not for me. Patches, I'm, I'm not something I'm particularly excited about. Already mentioned the bit from Josh Blake. I think that's an absolutely amazing piece of swag. But yeah, I got, I got some got some loads loads of badges, some absolutely great badges. It was just nice meeting people, chatting and exchanging swag. Probably really late. Yeah, I think that's the main thing about it. Jez, any any standout pieces for you? Yeah, both the bits already mentioned. I really liked. I managed to get back through security and without it 
busted open in my suitcase a bag of sand with a comb in with uh, <laughs> I hate sand. Uh, they they were great. The, so pins and buttons, lots and lots of those. But it was the uh, the patches. Now I had got a load of patches from previous celebrations, so decided to uh, the night before stayed up for ages and night before I left and sewed them all onto a satchel. Um, so I actually had my own swag bag bag and uh, with a load of uh, patches adorned on it. So I, w- I was collecting the single ones and not really going after the multi-patch options. There were a lot of multi-patch ones, you know, people um, with different sort of uh, wedges or, di- or different, say, quarters of a circle, or there was a really intricate one, which was the uh, rifle carry case. There were some really, really well-constructed uh, patches, which I knew that I would never complete them. So therefore didn't even start them because I thought, well, I don't want to take a piece which someone else might desperately need. And by me having it denies them the opportunity or so. So I didn't get a single piece or entire one of those special patches. But they are definitely the future from a swag point of view. As for the old patches, I must admit, actually, Sean Moynihan was involved in the beer patches. Oh, yeah. Which kind of fits. I know I've always been into sauce noodles, but I want to kind of expand that to the Rebo band, I think. And his patch was beautiful with um, Rebo on it. Um, yeah, they, they were really nice. I think I picked up three or four of the beer ones, but um, that would have been one set that I'd have really liked. We've got to mention that the, the Death Star from the SWFUK lads. Yeah, they did well with that. I mean, I mean, it was it's an amazing piece. I mean, I've got it on my collecting shelf and put. You know, I've covered it in Ray little tiny Ray items, so it's it's kind of ho- hosting this great little display piece to put things in. I think uh, Commander Clink <laughs> he always does his droids. Um, I've got so many droids from Commander Clink over the years. I think it's him anyway. So they've actually painted up a droid. So I would imagine they, they've they've probably three D printed out uh, the droid parts, put it together, and then painted it up. So this this one was a red one. I have I have to admit I have no idea what the name of the droid is. I'm completely droid elusive, but. Uh, I mean, that was a nice piece as well. Um, Do you know what, Pete? I've got it in my hand right this second. Um, I was just about to bring that up because uh, he, I got one in London from them and the one in Orlando I was sent over. Um, I've got four in total. I think I won one in a competition as well. Someone had done it. Yeah. I love them. I've actually got them in my cupboard. And just kind of like I'm just growing a shelf from a – I kind of like call them the tentative droids, kind of just building up. Absolutely love them. Great, great little piece of swag every time. I tell, I, it'd be a great idea to you, you could three D print out like a a kind of a vintage figure, then paint it up yourself in some kind of way. You know, I don't know what a, a, some sort of beast or something. It's a great. It is a great idea for swag. I mean, I mean, some, I mean, some of the things like the coins. Jacek gave me an amazing coin. It's like, whoa, that must have cost a fortune to make. I mean, maybe I wasn't worthy for this coin because I gave him a poster. So he gave me a coin. And those little those little trades just kind of throw it. I think it was a Sarlacc coin. It's like, whoa. I've got to find somewhere to put that. Stick it on something. But it, it, it's almost got ridiculous, the swag. <laughs> People are going to outrageous lengths to uh, to make swag. And, but there, there is a small, I just want to mention a small downside to it, right? I love the swag. I love the, the invention and, and uh, the ideas. But when you see people training, I know I'm not training you that. My my swag's too good for that. Ah, just I know I understand. I understand if you put cost into it, but it's a little part of me that dies inside thinking, have we got to that point now, where your swag is no longer good enough? <laughs> you know, is is badges no longer a thing? Have we gone past badges and posters? We've got to come up with something that's outrageous. I don't know. 
I don't know, I don't know if you guys agree, but uh, I just felt that little bit, little bit of shine sometimes. sometimes. Yeah, it's, it's a shame that people, yeah, what, what they can get rather than it. The whole point of swag to me is just to celebrate Star Wars and get, something to give away, even if you don't get anything in return. Yeah. Um, exactly. I I was actually the last day putting some of my badges into people's backpacks. <laughs> and I don't know if you boys saw, but on I one saw, other thing, saw. it was just like a, a post. I was like, oh, thank you to whoever's been a sticking badges in my bag while I wasn't looking. <laughs> was like, I mean, I was just giving it, I mean, I was just walking down uh, for the first day. I was giving out my Ray badge to just random Ray cosplayers. Anyone in the Ray cosplay is a badge. The majority, I said 99 of the people were like, oh, brilliant. Thanks. But every now and again, someone went, what's wrong with you? It's like, I'm just giving you something free just to celebrate the fact you've got a Ray costume on. And that's it. And uh, I thought, OK, if you're not into that, then fair enough. I thought you get something free and it's been well designed, then you should take it as it's meant. You know, like here, here's something to celebrate your costume. But there we go. But uh, yeah, I just, I just love giving stuff away to people. I mean, you think of how much we gave away on the booth we did for an hour. And we were on the Fanta Tracks booth. And I mean, I bought I bought so much stuff from Dave from Dave Tree's giveaways over the years. Um, little little models and badges. And <laughs> he's looking to go. Why have you kept this stuff <laughs> for that very moment? We gave out 100 posters. Uh, we gave out what? We all had 200 badges each and we gave them all away. Well, I have got one spare poster and maybe I can rustle up a couple of badges. So if anybody out there is after these things, perhaps we'll have the first person to message us. We'll, we'll send you yeah, I've nearly all the posters went. I um, kept most of the badges back member so i've kept i've got a whole set i've got about five sets of badges okay i think one of those is for richard i can't remember if i gave him a set or not i think one of you's got a poster for me i've got your poster jez yeah that's right i'm gonna trade it for the axe i've got 10 i've got about 10 left okay so maybe we'll so we've got a couple of sets of badges and a couple of posters if anyone wants them perhaps first come first served whoever hears this and comes to us and says i'd really like that who wasn't there we will send you a poster or all the badges, whatever you prefer. Finally, boys, Anaheim was named for 2020. Do you know what? A lot of people were surprised me online. Oh, these are going to be only every two years. Well, I looked at it. So from the, since we started the podcast up, 2015 was Anaheim, 2016 was London, 2017 was Orlando and 2019 was Chicago. That's not every two years. There was only a one gap in those five years since this show started. So, hmm. But... Anaheim, it, when it came up on the screen to me, it just felt like no chance, just too soon <laughs> for being in America again. But but have any of you got plans for Anaheim? Uh, attempted? It's in the back of your mind that it's a possibility. I might. I mean, myself and my brother have been talking about going to Disney, not just the Star Wars world, just taking my nephew to Disney. But I don't know if they'll do it at the right time because obviously he's got to get time off the kid's got to be out of school i don't think my nephew will want to do a celebration event he might do half a day before he goes we drive us all mad but i am tempted i am tempted especially when you get a cheap flight and a cheap hotel but i think it is too soon it really is i mean anyway, do i want to go to america again i've been to america for the last five or six years <laughs> every year rich i suppose you need to know whether it's going to fall in school time yeah, it's kind of way I'm seeing it. If it if it falls like Chicago did, where I have to miss a day and a half, then it's definitely, definitely a no. But even if it falls perfect in with me dates, 
it's still a probable no. It's just it's just too soon. Yeah, I did say straight away, no, I'm ruling myself out for next year because I just won't be able to afford it. And it's just family priorities are going to have to come first. This was a treat for me, you know, when I got back after having been away with work for six months. So I had some spare um, cash. And it's just what what took half the money was the the social, the nightlife, the the hardcore boozing, which we were doing. And, um, and, And I don't think... I don't think I could really justify it immediately, bearing in mind I've got another trip to America um, at the end of October, November this year. I can't see myself doing three transatlantic trips self-funded in uh, in the space of 12 months. So I went from a strong no to a now I'm almost <laughs> certainly not going. Um, so Rich is a maybe, I'm 50-50, and Jez is a definite. <laughs> oh, no, 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 uh, um, um, and, and almost certainly not. But, you know, never say never. I'll say yes, then. All right, Stu, what are you? I'm going to say no. But again, it's it's tempting if it, if it worked, if it fitted. I would love to um, to take my son to something like that in America. But obviously then that would take out my my drinking evenings, which would then obviously make it a lot cheaper. Um, <laughs> you, have uh, got, you have got Disney right next to it, Stu. I mean, it is literally across the road where the uh the center yeah. is so you, you you do have a lot of for if you were if you're taking a family you could do you know a couple of days convention and then and then do the old disneyland thing it is very workable yeah yeah it, it, it's a no from the outset at the moment though another yes then so far yeses <laughs> <laughs> anything else boys before i move on yeah man what I, what i just love to say is kind of hinted at it earlier on the best thing was just the camaraderie and the, the the celebration and the fun and the love and the genuine friendship which we were seeing every night, you know, when we were there in the Hyatt and, and uh, in and around other bars. And this is what's brilliant. I saw it firsthand as a sort of outsider looking into it when I went to Essen for the first time, seeing some of the people in bars, you know, backslapping and shaking hands and just people who hadn't seen each other since the previous convention. People who they've met online have finally now met up. People from the other side of the world and then in Europe and everyone just congregating in the same bar. And and for me, that was it was just joyous. I absolutely loved it. I, I loved it when people were coming up to us and, and sort of stopping and going, ah, oh, Lance, Vintage Rebellion, or just, you know, hey, Stu, hey, Grant. It was all about friendship. For me, it, it was brilliant. On behalf of all of us, I'm sure that we would just love to say thank you so much to all those people and all the listeners who just made us feel so welcome in America, but so welcome in their own company as well, because it was um, it was great fun. Yeah, I totally agree. Do you know that that first night in the bar, just being introduced to people or people coming up to me and introduce you, you know, I listen to podcasts you've not met before. And it was just it was just incredible. People I've interviewed on the show, which I've never met face to face, but some of them you feel like you've known for quite a while, you know, because you do have that interaction with them. Yeah, it was such such a good experience and so many memories made and got to spend Spend it with my favourite people. <laughs> and do you know what, what was really what was really weird is I got to give a shout out and hats off to all the fan booths and all the people who were there. There was all the different community fan booths and you know all, all the lads. But in some respects, it was an absolute relief that we didn't have anything. You know, in the past we've had we've worked on other people's booths. We've had our own booth. We've had our own podcast thing. Orlando, I had my own um, booth for the whole duration. 
but this time we were just able to go again as enthusiasts as nerds as as friends and fans and it just took all the pressure off didn't it and it just maybe that allowed us to enjoy even more because you know for all the people who do work hard on all of the fan booths and and do all that thank you for for doing that and giving up your time and stuff because it does add to everyone's celebration and at least this time we were just just able to enjoy it all i I loved it so much and wasn't it nice to see um see richard so happy rich you were like that the first couple of nights you were just in such good spirits oh yeah he was he was steaming wasn't he yeah he was smiling all right okay you you leave half a drink every every drink (laughs) (laughs) you know but um you you were in a you know in a very very good to be honest with you you're in a good spirits at christmas harvest from i think you've really turned a corner personality wise you're absolutely right, and this, we're going to have to start saying that this whole banter he used to give you about you not ever buying a drink, that's absolute twaddle, because uh, you are always the first to the bar all the time buying the drinks. But I can just imagine now future get-togethers. Uh, pint, 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 half a pint, Rich? Um, because it was, it was like every drink he was he was necking them, but then he was like leaving it until the next round. Yeah, yeah, half pint, Rich. That's yeah, what we're calling yeah. I don't know how you did when I was drinking those stains. <laughs> Stu was drinking a flipping, what was it, spritz of a lemonade or something. And Jez, I didn't even actually see you with a drink in your hand once. I thought, oh, never mind, never mind. Move on. Yeah, brilliant. Um, well, one thing I have done since we've got back, and that's uh, speak to six or seven people that we saw out there, just to get a few minutes with each of them for their experiences in Chicago, maybe just um, some stories of theirs or what they did and what they got up to. So, Here's a, a, a few back-to-back with them. Hey, everybody, it's Sean Moynihan, uh, riding the Staten Island Ferry right now as we speak. I uh, just wanted to weigh in with my thoughts on Celebration Chicago. Uh, let's see, where to begin? Uh, you got drinks with the, with the Vintage Rebellion crew, which is always <laughs> a huge highlight. Um, hanging out at the bar at the Hyatt was... You know, seeing all these people that you haven't seen in, in a year or more and catching up with people and making new friends and, you know, that is really, at the end, is really what it's all about. And that's, you know, that was a huge, huge part of it. Uh, so the, the best part of it. Uh, at the, let's see, we had the episode nine trailer, which I watched in my hotel room, actually, and um, on TV with my buddy John Kay, who I traveled with this time and stayed with. Um, just blown away by that honestly I, I really don't know what i was expecting or if i was expecting very much but it killed and i was very very happy with it i was i think i i think i hit my buddy john john's leg pretty hard <laughs> with my hand when we heard uh palpatine cackle there at the end which was pretty uh, pretty amazing so that, i have that to look forward to now which is awesome uh room sales this year was uh, was really good i picked up uh, a bunch of small things i missed out on a um expanded universe collection uh leia prototype that was uh that apparently got sold about maybe 20 minutes before uh before i met the guy who was selling it so but what are you going to do the the search continues there i'm not i'm not a prototype guy but uh the expanded universe line subline is like probably my favorite subline of of the modern era so i uh looking to pick up any prototypes from that era if anyone has any uh let's see patch trading 
was was in full force and swag in general was just completely off the wall. I was uh, I had the Max Rebo patch in the Brew Crew collection of patches, which was very cool. Uh, you collect all twelve patches, and they were Jabba's Palace themed characters with uh, with beer names. They were like beer labels, and uh, you collect all twelve, and then you get the special thirteenth patch, which was this gorgeous Boba Fett patch that went with that set. So that was awesome. That was a lot of fun because I'd have people coming up to me all weekend, you know, going, "Wait, are you Max Rebo? Are you the guy who has Max Rebo?" So you know, they were like, you know, in some cases, really, really desperate to get a hold of you. So it was pretty pretty funny but it, but that was a cool experience so I'm looking forward to doing that again uh, I got to volunteer at the Empire State Collectors Club booth which was a riot again very cool and you got to meet a lot of different people and believe it or not in, in one day on Sunday I met two different people from Staten Island which was pretty amazing and then <laughs> In the same in the same morning, which is which was really funny, uh, but yeah, volunteering at the booth was great. Uh, you had the archive party this year, which was a smash success. They raised like something like twenty five grand, you know, for uh, for a local shelter, which is you know if you ever worked with a local shelter, is no small gift, you know, to uh, to give them. So, you know, I'm glad that worked out the way that it did, and I uh, got to meet uh, Jim Swearingen at that party, which was pretty amazing. Cool to, to talk to him and, you know, just basically say thank you for some of the memories of my childhood toys, which is how many people get to do that, so that was really cool. Um, did the same thing with Mark Boudreau at the at the Hasbro booth. Got to go and meet him, and, and he, was, he was genuinely uh, touched, I think, by, you know, you know, somebody coming up to him and saying, "Hey, you know, thank thank you for you know working on the toys of my childhood." You know, so that was that was awesome. I got to talk to him for a while. So, sort of a toy maker rock star moment there, which was really cool. Uh, got to go to the Mandalorian panel on Sunday, which was killer. And, and <clears throat> let me tell you, they, they wouldn't show the footage. Uh, a lot of the footage live when they uh, in the live stream but let me tell you it looks fantastic and i'm really really looking forward to seeing that this fall uh, i believe it's this fall but um you know at the end of the day it's it's celebrations really about the people you know and the friends you make and all the people that you only get to see like every you know once a year or every two years so that that to me is always the most important part and uh, that this one did not disappoint i got to see so many people who you know who you you know who you have genuine affection for who you hardly ever get to see so that was really really great so all in all a uh, huge success and uh, i know next year is anaheim so we'll see what happens with that and in the meantime hope all is well with everybody and uh talk to you soon take care bye Hi all, this is Dan Burgess, long-time listener of the Vintage Rebellion and Sodge on SWF UK. Um, I was lucky enough to travel to Chicago earlier in the month for celebration. Um, I was there all five days and had an absolute blast. Um, just to give you an idea, the, the scale of the of the convention centre, it was it was immense. It was really, I felt, a really well-run event. Um, there were some complaints online beforehand, especially on Facebook around the lotteries for the panels uh, and the exclusives. But all in all, I felt the way it was done was very fair. There was none of the overnight queuing that we'd experienced at previous celebrations um, and, and the entry and exit to the building was, was very smooth and well organised. So I can't really I can't really complain about that. Um, in terms of the panels themselves, I was lucky enough to get into the, the Mandalorian panel and the Episode 1 panel. 
And the Mando panel was was absolutely epic. The footage they showed was out of this world, and, and I, I expect many of you have already watched that online and and will agree it really does look like um, look like Star Wars. And I will be getting a Disney Plus subscription um, when that when that when that comes out in the UK. Um, the episode one panel wasn't so great. In terms of the collectors panel, um, out of all the ones I went to, Dave Tree's Palatoy panel was 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 absolutely stupendous. And really represented the UK well, um, and he and he and he and he, and he had some interesting facts to share with everyone, and everyone seemed really engaged and appreciative of the of the information that that he had to share. Um, on the showroom floor, there was loads of vintage to be found. A lot of it was very pricey, and there were some bargains to be had though. Um, I personally picked up uh, a, a, an escape pod from a Land of the Jawas playset. And some absolutely mint figures, um, some upgrades to my own loose collection um, to add in. And also a 45 back um, Empire Strikes Back Vader mint on card that, um, that, to, to fill another gap in my collection. Um, in terms of the sales room, so the room sales. So everyone talks about room sales when they talk about vintage and celebration. Um, I myself personally was quite underwhelmed with the London um, room sales that I went to and was really looking forward to experiencing uh, a US room sale but to be honest it was very very pricey and some of that's probably down to the the dollar versus the pound at the minute we won't get into Brexit but um, that's uh, that obviously had an effect but it did feel like some of the sh- sellers were showboating their rarer stuff and, and really not intent on selling it it was it was very very pricey however um that was on the friday night however on the following night on the on the saturday there was a swap meet up at the collector's track so where they've been holding all of the collector's panels a lot of collectors came they bought stuff as well as their own swag um to trade out and to sell so there was some, there was actually some nice vintage there if you hunted you could pick up some some nice stuff at more reasonable prices than they were at the room sales in my opinion um, at the room sales, though, I did I did pick up a second mock. My my, my my kind of final piece that I picked up was an Empire Strikes Back C three PO. Um, again, to fill another hole in my in my Empire run, um, which was which I got a, a reasonable price. In terms of the swag, um, we uh, or nine of us, with the help of Mark Daniels, um, made a, a miniature Palatoy Death Star. Um, we only made three hundred of them. Um, they consisted of four parts, and we had a share of them each between the between the nine or ten of us involved. Um, and we traded those for for swag at the event. And I've got probably uh, a small bag of of patches and badges, probably weighing about a kilo of stuff that I traded for them. And they were a real hot ticket item at the event, and people went nuts for them. So hats off to Mark for. Um, for, for for designing them for us it was a, an absolutely fantastic piece that everyone loved i actually went to the um rancho obi-wan stand um and i had steve stansweet sign one of my um star wars books from when i was younger it was the scrapbook if those of you familiar with that um and uh and i donated a, a palatoy death star to rancho obi-wan so as long as that collection's in existence there'll be a a little bit of um our palatoy death star in there um, I also wanted to just say a quick special thanks to Pete Davis, who helped me out with a um, a Darth Vader blue chrome Funko Pop. They were the one of the hotter items in terms of exclusives um, at the event. I think they're going for silly money on eBay at the minute. Um, but Pete was lucky enough to to win the lottery for those and kind enough to give me a uh, 
uh, Darth Vader. So special thanks. It really was appreciated. I do like taking at least one piece away from Celebration that was exclusive to it and, and, and keeping it in my collection as a memento. And that was the one thing I wanted. So thank you, thank you, thank you, Pete. That was great. And also thanks to um, Ben Kumar, who um, he was lucky enough to get a Jedi Master VIP pass. Um, and on the first day of celebration, braved the celebration store for a number of us and picked up all of our T-shirts and other and other bits of paraphernalia that we wanted from the store um, in, in a single swoop to save us all having to uh, queue for hours for it. So thanks to Ben for that. And just in closing, I'd just like to say, those of you that are hesitant about um, flying out to the States for a celebration, you really should um, you really should consider it. It is a fantastic experience. And, you know, other than the expense for flying out there, um, it's no more expensive than going to a celebration in the UK for, for a few days. Um, you meet so many people, so many um, collectors who um, you probably interact with online on Facebook. You never get to meet face to face and they're all there. Um, so many names, too many to mention. Um, I also met a guy called Chris Mack, who those of you who are familiar with The Force Among Us um, and The Force Within Us documentaries, he was the maker of that. I was queuing um, for the Lego exclusive and stood next to him in line and had a good chat to him about the documentaries and Star Wars in general for an hour or so. Um, I also met Arnie and Marjorie Cavallo, who run the um, Star Wars Action News and Now Playing podcast. They were running the, um, the, collector, the collector's track uh, and very engaging. I had a good conversation with um, Arnie about films in, in general and, and, and Star Wars. Um, and also myself and Pete bumped into Jason Swank from the Rebel Force uh, radio podcast out on the show floor and had a, had a really good chat to him. I can't, I can't um, uh, recommend it enough. The, 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 the social side of it is, is absolutely fantastic. Um, every night we was going out for meals, having a laugh, and we went to a place called the Tilted Kilt with uh, lots of scantily, scantily clad um, barmaids that probably probably wouldn't get away with it over here in the UK. Um, went to another place called Timothy O'Tools and done one of the Man V Food challenges. It was a fantastic laugh. Lots of drink, lots of laugh. Real good friends and company. Um, yeah, good memories. So yeah, those of you who are thinking about it, you really should, really should, uh, really should consider getting yourself a ticket to Anaheim. It's a great time, great show, and I'll speak to you soon. Cheers, bye bye. Hi everybody, this is Dallas of VintageKennerStarWars.blogspot.com with some recollections of Celebration Chicago. Highlights for me: meeting Vintage Rebels, Cy, Stu, Jez, Rich, and Grant in person. Great bunch of guys. Sorry I didn't get to meet you, Pete. The collector track panels were fantastic. Another highlight was meeting Sky and Steve and Tessa at the archive party. I also met with some Ontario collectors there and had fun hanging out with them and some folks from Calgary through the weekend. So hi to Mike F., Chris P., John, Ryan, and Neil. The room sales were awesome. I was really pleased to pick up a die-cast TIE bomber from Sean Lemcool. Thanks, Sean. It was great also to pick up a copy of Engineering and Empire and meet the authors. Cheers, Gary, Matt, and Steve, as well as meeting Kenner engineer Jim Swearingen. But hands down, the best thing about Celebration was meeting up with all the vintage collectors I'd only messaged with online or talked to in podcasts. That was awesome. One anecdote I'll close with. 
On Sunday night, I went with the Ontario guys to the Hyatt for dinner. It was super crowded, and a woman around our age asked if she could sit down with us. We started talking to Vicky from Cincinnati, and she told us something about her trip. She'd come to celebration by herself, and her friends at home had given her a bit of a hard time about it. Vicky's reply to them was, I'm not going by myself. I'll be with 40,000 friends I just haven't met yet. And that's Star Wars Celebration. Cheers, lads. Thanks for putting on the podcast, and see you next time. Hi there. My name is Jason Smith, otherwise known as Mr. Panatoy uh, on the forums. And uh, I've been asked to do a quick review of Celebration Chicago. So this was maybe my uh, fifth or sixth uh, celebration, third one in the USA. Um, they've never had one in Chicago before, and it was my first visit to Chicago, so that was uh, quite exciting. Um, it was a five-day show this time, um, the longest show, one of the longest shows they've done, and it started with a day of preview where you basically the exi- exhibition floor was open and that was all there was, which was really nice because I find it very hard to get round the exhibition floor because quite a lot of the time I'm going to panels and stuff. So um, when we arrived, we arrived the day before the preview day on Thursday, and uh, the first thing we tried to do was go to Will Call to pick up... Um, our lanyards and uh, any of the merchandise that we'd ordered. Um, so managed to get my lanyard okay, but then uh, Reed Pop, or Reed Poop, as I'm now going to call them, um, basically fobbed me off and said, uh, oh, we haven't got your um, your order. Your, this ha- they gave me a handwritten note with a web address on it and said, go to this web address and fill the details in and we'll post your merchandise to you. And I was like... Yeah, but I only want my two lanyards and a commemorative program. And I can see there's a big box of programs behind you. And your actual hand is resting on six of the programs sitting on the table. At which point I was given a program. But they still said, come back tomorrow for your lanyards because we haven't got any. Um, And it turns out everybody else who was queuing with me got their lanyards. So um, anyway, I had to go back the next day for those. But... Apart from that, pretty much getting in and out was okay. Um, there were queues a bit, but there always are. Um, on the on the day of the actual show, um, in the morning, because the show was opening at one o'clock, I decided to go up the Sears slash Willis Tower in the morning because it was a nice clear morning. Uh, got there, there were no queues at all. Got straight up to the sky deck. Great views of Chicago. Really loved that. So I actually turned up quite late the first day, about an hour before opening. Um, bumped into Nicholas Dykes and queued up to go in with him. That was quite nice. Um, managed to go around the entire um, exhibition floor in about four or five hours. And that was kind of looking at all the stuff in detail. So on, on the right-hand side as you went in, there was Rancho Obi-Wan. Always go to Rancho Obi-Wan first because there's always big queues for that. So... Uh, Steve Sansweet met him, had a photo with him. Um, there were it was all basically themed around um, previous Star Wars celebration swag. So there was like all of the programs. There was a big, big display of all the different patches there'd been. I found all that very interesting. Then there was all the all the toy exhibitors and all the stuff they were selling. Um, there was some interesting stuff there. I mean, there was uh, one guy who had five square card uh, mint on card. Meccano's for sale and there was a 2-1-B and I, I've got a resale and I don't know if original so I asked how much it was and he said oh it comes as a set and it was $204,000 and I was like yeah that's about 
$202,000 over all the money I've brought out. So, um, so that was a bit out of my price range. And then I saw a rocket rocket firing fair, and the guy wanted $360,000 for that. So, again, that was a bit out of my price range. Um, I was also looking for a skiff, and I think Jez was looking for a skiff. I, mean, I think he actually got one. Uh, but I was I was always a bit worried about breaking in my case, so I, I didn't get one in the end. Um, there was also the guy selling Lily card bags, but they, they seemed to have gone up by a factor of two or three or four since the previous celebration two years ago, and then they all seemed quite over overpriced. So in the end, I didn't buy any vintage. But then I, I got some good deals on uh, Meccano card bags before and after the show, so I was quite happy with that. Um, so then after the, the first day in the evening, there was the archive party. Um, so again, this one, the, the ticket set, the price of the tickets had gone up from, I think the previous celebration, the the tickets, you could get them for about 30 or $40. Whereas here, the higher tier ones, which were about, I don't know, $120, $130, all sold out. Um, but it is what it is, and it's all for charity, so I don't think anyone can complain that they've charged that much, because obviously, if they didn't, their charity uh, would be getting like a third or a quarter of the money, so it was all good. Um, there was a normal selection of uh, collectors there. Some people obviously were missing because they decided that they didn't want to pay the price to get in, uh, but it was very good. There was a really memorable... Uh, C-3PO cereal eating competition, which is a repeat of what they did at Archive Party a few years ago. They recreated um, a scene of The Last Supper. It looked quite good. And then there was um, the cosplay competition, which this year had three entries. There was a lady dressed as uh, Aunt Beru in a denim jacket. There were two blue snaggletooths. And there was me doing a skit as something which I called Black Hole Acrylic, which was... uh, specialised products for um, shy collectors um, it was a bit of a parody of uh, GWA acrylic and uh, Christian was actually there watching I and mean, he did take it in good humour and um, I applaud you for that Christian and it was basically products that you could sell to collectors who were, who were kind of black hole collectors who were scared of showing their stuff to people so I had kind of uh, black eye masks so if somebody came to your collection room they could you could put eye masks on them so they couldn't see your stuff. And then I had kind of black blackout window glass that you, you put on windows, which I'd wrap around acrylic cases so you couldn't see what was the mock that was inside. And then I had a little black plastic case that you could screw screw together and put a mock inside so nobody could see what it was. Um, some people understood the joke. A lot of people, it just kind of breezed past them. But... Um, I enjoyed it. Anyway, I came last, so uh, obviously not that many people understood, but it was all good. We went home from there, and this was the Chicago variable weather. So the that particular night, poured with rain, got absolutely drenched. Um, I think it was the next day or the day after, it snowed. So we got snowed, and then I think the last day we were there, uh, I got sunburned when I was, uh, when I was sightseeing. Um, so it was all very good. So on the Friday, which was the first day of the, the show proper, um, there were four main panels every day at 11 o'clock to 12 o'clock. In the lottery, which I thought was a much better system, I got three out of the four. The one I didn't get was the one I wanted, which was the episode nine panel. So I ended up watching that on the exhibitor floor with a load of people. Um, trailer looked really good. 
really interesting title, The Rise of Skywalker. Is that Rey who's risen? Has Luke teleported at the end of The Last Jedi? Is he rising again? Who knows? We'll have to wait and see. Um, what else? Um, so then the next thing that I started uh, on the collecting track. And um, what happens in the collecting track? Um, you've, you've got panels about all the different stuff. Um, a lot of vintage panels, which I'm quite interested in. So there were some really good ones about Canadian cardbacks and um, Argentinian cardbacks. Really kooky one about um, um, the holiday special and things you collect with the holiday special. And really funny one, one of the days, was uh, it was called Grail Stories. And um, there was a story by Darren McLeese, and it was, it was all about him and... Um, and uh, his love for General Medine, and it ended up there was a picture of me dressed as Biff Tannen handing uh, one of his beard giveaways, which was a collectible he did for a celebration a couple of couple of celebrations ago, handing it to Dermot O'Leary at uh, London Former Comic Con. So it was really strange seeing myself in cosplay as Biff Tannen in a Star Wars panel. Um, so I like going to all the panels, and I almost got to all the panels, except for the last day I decided to go to the episode 9 panel, and uh, not the episode 9 panel, I went to the Phantom Menace panel, because I hadn't been to the arena, and arrived late so I can get in. But apart from that, 19 out of 20, almost almost got them all. Um, it was, I always find it very difficult to eat when I'm at con, because if, especially if you go to all the panels, you end up coming out of one panel into the next panel, and there's just no time to eat. So, like, uh, I think it was the the Friday night, I went to the, the IC collecting get-together, um, which was before the room sales. Um, all very nice. They had uh, Mike Havens had a room booked. Um, there was a buffet with cheese and crackers, so I had a dinner that consisted entirely of cheese. And I, this is after I had a no lunch, so I filled up on cheese. Fantastic. Um Ended up sharing a table with David Deans, and he offered me some of his uh, Canadian maple whiskey, which was absolutely fantastic. So I got a seat, got a drink. It's fantastic. Then there were room sales afterwards. So this was in another location within the Hyatt complex, which was the main complex and hotel where all the vintage collectors were staying. Um, room sales were really good, really busy. Lots of interesting stuff there. Um, and then on the next day, the Saturday, they had the swap meet, which would, I mean, a lot of these meets, all it's all the same kind of stuff. You all turn up and you sell stuff. So people sprawled across par- carpets selling stuff. So I sold some of my panel toy card backs. Um, I think it was this evening that the, the infamous uh, Big Timmy incident happened. So basically, we, we went out for a meal. And I was like, because when I'm at Celebration, I eat so little. I was like, I'm going to have something good to eat. And one of the other guys was like, oh, there's this food challenge. Uh, eat, eat yourself a Timothy O'Toole burger and fries and you get a free T-shirt. So we both ordered this this burger and fries. And, of course, it turned up. It was a massive burger. And it looked really nice. But it came with this massive mound of fries all covered in dried cheese. So I'm looking at this mound of fries thinking, that's going to be really hard work. So I was eating eating the fries, eating the burger, mixing it all up. And my mate, um, Dan, ate the burger first and then tried to eat the fries afterwards, which he really struggled with. But um, I managed to get to the end of this, but it, it's it's so much carbs. It was just like, it's like being hit with a... 
by a brick wall of carbs. So basically, I ate the thing and immediately fell asleep at the table, um, staggered home, um, and it basically it kind of wiped me out for about a day and a half. So the next day at the panels, I was kind of nodding off a bit. So if, it, if I was nodding off in your panel, um, big Timmy to blame for that. And, and then the next day at dinner, um, I, I ended up just having chicken wings and fell asleep after that as well. So <laughs> sorry about that, but... Um, Big Timmy has a lot to answer for. Um, so the last couple of days of show were a bit quieter than the the first two, the Sunday and the Monday. Um, again, just lots of collecting track panels for me. Um, managed to get myself a full set of Star Tarts. Very happy with that. Um, did an awful lot of swag trading. So I went. With, I was one of the people who did the collecting mini Death Stars. Uh, so with that, we've got it's a it's a little mini Death Star in four pieces that you put together it was designed and the the concept came from Mark Daniels who did a fantastic job on that so there were ten of us giving away bits of that and it was the must have swag at Celebration Chicago I think because wherever I was whatever I was selling people were just like have you got the Death Star so um, so I had those to give away I had a hundred um, Mr. Palatoy card backs lanyards which I uh, I was I was giving away and lots of swag for this black hole acrylic uh, skit I did at Archive Party. So I managed to swap all that, and I ended up with a, a record 12 lanyards full of badges. Um, lots of interesting swag and stuff, which I've kind of integrated into my swag collection display. So from a swag point of view, I had a great celebration. Um, then before we went home, we had a, a day of sightseeing, so did the tourist bus... Saw a lot of interesting places, went down Navy Pier, saw the something that they call the bean, which is a big silver reflective bean-shaped large kind of sculpture, which you can kind of see yourself reflected in, and it was really good. Uh, so overall, it was a great show. Um, it was very interesting to pick Chicago, uh, but we see that for next year, we're back at Anaheim, and Anaheim's one of my fam- fa- favourite locations, because it's all very central and it's kind of less spread out than Chicago scene. So uh, anyway, that's my review. Uh, I hope you enjoyed it, and I'll uh, I'll speak to you later. Hey, this is Jeff from Annandale, Virginia. Just got back from Star Wars Celebration in Chicago 2019. Had a wonderful time. Got to see some old friends. Got to meet some new friends. Got to see Ian McDermott walk out on stage during the Episode 9 panel. Even got to play a wedding at Rancho Obi-Wan. Please enjoy this short clip of Obi-Wan.
Okay, so something we have got as normal this month is um, a going for gold leader, just so I can play the intro music. Right, boys. This is something I saw on the show floor, so I've just gone with it. We're going to run with it. Currently, you've all got one except Rich, who has two. Ooh. So, testicles. The, the usual way, remember, stop every opportunity. Guess, guess, guess. That is the way you win. So, are you all ready? Remember to say stop. <laughs> Pete, I know you're still struggling with this concept. <laughs> hey, I, I, it's not me. Peter. Um, uh, me. Uh, Stu. No. Um, Peter. It's all right, Pete. You'll get there. Okay, number one. I cost twenty nine ninety nine when released. Stop. Stop. Peter? Uh, a Famba. A Famba, good choice, but no. Uh, Jez? Millennium Falcon. Falcon. Rich, do you want to say stop or are we going to crack on? Yep. Imperial Shuttle. Imperial Shuttle, no, all wrong, I'm afraid. Uh, I was one of the lowest selling items in the toy line. Oh, stop. Jez? Y-Wing. Y-Wing, incorrect. Stop. Richard? The Skiff? Skiff, no, good effort. Pete, are you going to say stop before we move on? Um, I'm going to say uh, keep going, because okay. there's no point. <laughs> I require two D batteries to be able to operate. Stop. Pete? B-Wing. A B-Wing? No. Oh. Okay, carrying on. I was released in 1979 with a rebate sticker on my box. Number five. Kenna Canada released me in an ESB box with a bilingual text. My only release in an ESB box. People screaming out now. (laughs) There is. You absolute morons. (laughs) (laughs) We're just all a bit Chicago'd out. It's got to be pretty big, isn't it? Number six, my <laughs> roof hatch opens. So you repeat that Stop. again? Stop. Pete? Stop. Atta. <laughs> Atta <What>? is incorrect. <laughs> um, uh, Jez, stop. Jez? Um, stop. Um, roof hatch. Are, are we talking sand... Oh, to the sand crawler? Jez wins. Oh, yes. It was the sand crawler in a a nod to Craig Spivey's amazing, amazing pickup. The other two was my box front artwork features 11 action figures, including both R5 and Power Droid. Oh. And finally, I have many pieces that are easily lost, including a ladder and yeah. a remote control. Sorry so, about that, everyone. Stu, that might need some really, really good editing so we don't sound like complete loons. <laughs> <laughs> um, Stu, you, you want a fact on the sand crawler? I've never touched one. Do you know what, Pete? Yeah. Nor have I. It's crazy, isn't it? feedback for episode 58 well before we go into feedback we've had some questions sent in from listeners so i'm going to ask these questions to each of you for some advice on cons so the first one's due i think this one's for you so 
So a listener has a five-year-old boy, and he's concerned that due to the height of the boy, he'll just be walking around the con smelling farts all day. Now, Stu, is you're somebody whose nose is about our height, what advice do you have for him? Do you think it's worth bringing a five-year-old boy to a con? Yes. I must admit, actually, at um, Celebration, everyone kept going on about hey, the BO, the BO. I didn't smell much BO there, in in fairness, but I did walk through several farts at times, which I'm pretty <laughs> sure Jez was letting some of them go because it was just too much of a coincidence mm. that the same sort of smell was happening whenever I was hanging out with him. But, yeah, too right. There's so much for a five-year-old to do. Uh, so another listener has emailed asking about attending the con, not knowing anybody, having no mates, etc. So, Jez, this one's for you. Can you draw on your experience to give some advice there? <laughs> I'm, um, Get a helmet, I'm actually, everyone talks to you. I'm actually like the queen. I, I don't fart um, or break wind. Uh, I would say if it, you're going to your first one, you won't need to worry about anything like that because you'll just be in your absolute... You'll be in awe of what you see and people will just it's just a friendly environment, isn't it? It's just a naturally friendly environment. So um, if you want to be on your own and if you're comfortable in your skin being on your own, I'm sure you can completely survive the entire thing and not chat to anyone. But I'm sure very, very quickly, even if you're someone who is a bit of an introvert, uh, you you will soon find yourself reaching out and, and speaking to others because you see that everyone shares the same interest. Uh, I won't worry about it at all. It's it's called celebration. Is is there's nothing to be worried about whatsoever. And finally, you will have a listener who's worried about being slapped or arrested for far too much interaction with cosplayers. So, Pete, um, I think you've had some interaction with cosplayers. What's your advice for that one? Hey, cosplayers are there to talk to young Richard. I'm I'm terrible. Say there to touch. Yeah, not to touch, obviously. But uh, but I I love walking around getting pictures with cool cosplayers. There was a a guy, and I can't remember the name of the character, but he was playing uh, the chef from the holiday special video. So when they're when I can't remember the name of the female Wookiee is doing the whole uh, trying to learn how to make some Wookiee food. Um, there's a video, and he was dressed as this this like four armed woman thing. And basically, if you knew who an Earth he was. Then you got to have a picture taken with him and put on his Instagram page. I need to find what character's name it is. I've got his Instagram link and go on there. So you you should interact with cosplayers. Cosplayers are there to interact with because unless you're really dull and strange, a bit like Jesna's Stormtrooper costume, you are there to have pictures taken with you or of you. Otherwise, there's no point in doing it. And that's why I love interacting with the stalls. You know, if someone's buying something, I just start randomly talking to them. Um, I have loads of conversations with storeholders and all sorts. You've got to just talk. Just go and talk to people. No one's going to remember who you are anyway. But, uh, yeah, you must always get consent, though, guys, if you're going to touch a cosplayer. So there you go, then, three bits of advice from three experts in those areas. So Sorry, do... sorry Rich. Sorry, Rich. Um, I was just put in the chat. I, I, I've had some f- uh, feedback come through as well, which, funnily enough, is also in the uh, form of a question. And um, they're concerned about going to Anaheim and, and they serve um, soft drinks in large containers. I think they were 30-ounce cups. And this person said that they can't normally drink a 30-ounce cup and they would normally only drink about 14 or 15 ounces. And um, would that be all right? Would people laugh at them? So, um I, I don't know. I'll, I'll hand it over to you, mate. How, is it all right just to drink half a drink? <laughs> Can I ask a question? What is the point of asking for a stein if you're then only going to drink half of it? <laughs> Look, I, I'm not even going to go down that road. Just to, <laughs> you 
know, you, 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 you've said it, you've killed the joke, move on. Right, so anyway, we need to thanks to everybody you. who left us feedback on the forum, on Facebook. In particular, I want to shout out to Stephen Danley and Gary Borbridge. Uh, it was an absolute pleasure meeting up with you guys in Chicago, so thanks for your f- feedback on episode 58. Um, Taffy, David Reader, Andy Norton, Paltoy Junkie, Palafan left us some great feedback over stars from UK. Stefan, um, who I shared a room with, and it was great meeting up with Stefan, and a few others thought that the history of celebrations was fascinating, and it was good to spend time with Stefan, and I'm glad he got reunited with his missing cat from the archive party. Now, we haven't touched on that on this show, so if anybody wants to find out about that, then contact Stefan. Over on Stars from UK, Andy Preston. Um, on the subject of hyperspace, I was a member just once. I joined in 2007 slow, solely to be able to access the fan club lounge at Celebration Europe. It wasn't very well publicised, but several times during the weekend, they had arranged for crew members to be in the lounge to chat. It was great to have to be up close and personal with the likes of Robert Watts, Norman Reynolds, Lorne Peterson and others. They were all really amazing to talk to and had some great tales to tell. That would have been fantastic, but I'm really glad that Andy shared that. He's also put on there, I'm glad my torn-torn acquisition prompted a good discussion about the Hoth Snow Lizards. The toy has always been a favourite of mine and it was enjoyable listen. For my contribution to the Beyond the Newest Acquisition section, I like to offer up these. And what he's showing there is the Icarus placemat with a torn-torn, and I think it's Luke riding it. And he's also got a lion's made lolly wrapper. Snaffle, snaffle. So we'll put that on our social media. Uh, Scott Cato, there's nothing more exciting than free stuff in cereal boxes, especially if you get two prizes instead of one. I think that did happen to me once, and I was absolutely delighted when I opened some I don't know, shreddies or something. There was two things in there. Kids today are totally missing out. This is my childhood tauntaun. As you can see, the reins and buckle are held together with wire, and he's put some photographs up of the wire that he's actually used to hold his reins and tauntaun together, and I'll also share those on social media. I think the buckle was snapped as soon as I removed it from the box, and the reins happened a day or so later. Crappy design. Just so you know, the tauntaun in Jabba's palace isn't dead. He's just poking his head through a hole in the wall to see what's happening. He's waiting for Han to be defrosted so he can pop a cap in his arse for wasting his brother on Hoff. So that's certainly better than Stu's theory on that one, Scott. It's a nice one. Um, also, huge shout-out to Dario, Jeff Johnson, Tafius and Bruce White for their kind words on Facebook. We met some of you over in celebration. It's been a blast. Keep in touch, guys. Stu, if anybody's got any feedback to leave us, what's the best way to do that? Uh, yeah, obviously we do have our thread going on Star Wars Forum UK, but you can find us on Facebook by searching The Vintage Rebellion. You can find us on Instagram by also searching The Vintage Rebellion or go over to Twitter at SWTVR Podcast. Obviously, all our shows are available still on iTunes or directly at www.swtvrpodcast.podbean.com. Uh, you can also email us swtvrpodcast at gmail.com obviously this show was completely celebration based uh, maybe a little bit uh, bit extravagant for us to just to share our, our our journey and some of you may not have listened to all of it but we can promise you episode uh, 60 in may we're gonna be back on track we're gonna be back on song we've got great things lined up and then obviously in june is our five year anniversary where we're also already in talks with doing a few other bits and pieces that month and giving you an extra special show then. So the next two months should be really, really exciting for the Vintage Rebellion. Some thank yous for this show. Thank yous to Sean Moynihan, Daniel Burgess, Dallas Ewan, Jeff Kahan, Jason Smith, Josh Arbor, and Dario John Balsamo for all taking your time to contribute to this 
roundup show gents it is at the end of episode 59 like i said completely different type of show it's been a blast chicago was amazing to spend with you boys in particular we didn't spend every moment of every minute with each other i spent a lot of time with jez great roommate rich you're on great form and whenever we saw pete it's great to see his great big smiling face it really was a great great experience and uh, i'm sure we'll do it all again very very soon but for this month it is goodbye from rich i don't know why you're sucking up because i'm not at the next father's farm nor am i rich nor am i i'm just trying to be nice because i did enjoy spending time with your company whether we joke or not but if you want to keep that going after some nice words towards you that's fine that shows the your class over mine um rich good night bye rich rich goodbye see you later guys <laughs> uh goodbye from jez see you next time guys it's uh it's been a blast and uh, i've loved a recatching celebration because it was so much fun and it is goodbye from pd uh you, you need to use my real name it's goodbye from the other one yes uh we'll see you in anaheim goodbye. We, actually we, we haven't explained what that was Pete, have we uh <laughs> it, it really did tickle me when it happened because uh i don't think there was anything bad from so, so ron salvatore um <laughs> I think we, we were at, I think it's the archive booth or something, wasn't it? Yeah. We, or some, we, we, or some we're collectors. Wandering around, we're wandering around with, with purchases. So tell us what happened quickly, because it well, is we, quite we, fun. We, we're wandering around. I've, I don't think I've really spoke to Ron Salvatore directly. Maybe, maybe I'll comment if that, but um, <laughs> when we get there and he, we're talking and uh, I, I think he knew who I was, didn't he? But then he goes, oh yes, it's, um, uh, he didn't really know the name, the, the other one. <laughs> oh, and you, cheers Ron cheers I tell you it was really funny you made your that, that kind of comment I think you said something like along the lines of yeah the insignificant one or something as a joke and then Ron went to you yeah it was like when the Beatles came to America no one knew who Ringo Starr was <laughs> which tickled me even more because <laughs> there was no malice or anything in it it's just the way he came out with it but uh we yeah. Ringo Starr <laughs> But I've got a, I, I do have a revenge picture of him, so I should be using it for bribery purposes. Uh, yeah, proper tickle me. Forgotten what we're doing. Uh, goodbye, goodbye, Stu. Yes, it is goodbye from me. Uh, and remember, only you can decide with Star Wars toys. This podcast is not endorsed by Disney, Lucasfilm Limited, 20th Century Fox, or anybody who cares about the Star Wars franchise. It is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. The official Star Wars website can be found at www.starwars.com. All names and sounds of Star Wars are registered trademarks of Lucasfilm Limited and other associated copyright holders. All of the original content of this podcast are the intellectual property rights of the Vintage Rebellion. If you enjoyed this podcast, then feel free to email swtvrpodcast at gmail.com. If you don't enjoy this podcast, tough. Are Star Wars products going to have the durability of, say, that old favourite, the teddy bear? Now, at the end of the intro, we always do a quiz. Um, Bit of a different show tonight because we haven't really got an intro. And we're probably already halfway through the show. But... I thought I'd test you three about just how much you took in on Celebration. Quite an easy quiz. 
<laughs> so we've got four little rounds, and you've only got like three questions each in each round. But we're going to go through. You're in the same order each time. So Peter, Jez, Richard. All your answers are for two points, and if you get it wrong, it will be passed the one down from you for one point. Okay. So the four rounds are round one is Chicago, round two is the podcaster's trip, round three is the collector's track, and round four is a general knowledge of celebration. Now, boys, there is no no cheating on this. Okay, we need we need to pack this up. Yeah. Um, this googling jazz because what? Does <laughs> did, you, else. did you just <clears throat> say googling jazz? <laughs> well, that'd be like googling jazz, but no, that's <laughs> a bit unnecessary. I don't do any cheating. What I will say is, anybody who went to celebration. Perhaps pause and see how much of this you get right, because I'd quite like to see how much people uh, do get right in a thing. One second, I'm going to just kick my dog out of my office, OK? Oh, I was just asking to leave. Don't kick it. <laughs> One second. Oh, Can I just say, it's, it's all a blur now, so I won't remember anything. Yeah. Uh, Kathleen Kennedy. I'm going to say Kathleen Kennedy as an answer to everything. Mm, yeah. That's all I can remember. Seeing Kathleen Kennedy, the best. My favourite. You would, wouldn't you? I've survived on three hours sleep each night, so it's total blur. <laughs> I have no idea. Even where I was. Chicago, are we sure we're in Chicago? I have no idea. No idea. Sorry about that. Okay, so round one is Chicago, okay? It can only get passed down once. So two points if you get the question right. One point will be passed, passed down. Now, these are all based on Chicago. This is probably the hardest round. That's why it's multiple choice answers. And we start with you, Pete. Oh, go on then. Pete. Now, Captain some Kennedy. of this, a lot of this I heard or read about while we were in Chicago. OK, so there is kind of stuff you could probably work out some of this. So, Pete, your first question. How many residents does Chicago estimated have? A, 2.7 million. B, 3.7 million. Or C, 4.7 million. Oh, I have no idea. Um, ooh, C. C, 4.7 million is incorrect. So it hands down to Jez. Jez, only A or B? Oh, I'm going to say A. 2.7 million is correct, Jez. Yes. Yeah, right. And Jez, while you're talking, you can carry on. Okay. Your first question. Does the mm. historic Route 66, mm. A, start in Chicago, mm-hmm. B, pass through Chicago, mm-hmm. or C, not include Chicago at all? I would say it would pass through the Windy City. You've gone for pass through. That's incorrect. Rich, do you think it starts there or do you think it doesn't go there at all? It doesn't go there at all. That's incorrect. It starts It starts in Chicago. And me and Jez caught a bus right next to a plaque which said roughly where it started every time, nearly every morning. Was Did we pass that in the morning? Every morning. When we went out right, um, there was a green plaque near our hotel which said, this is where Route 66 began. I was probably absolutely still steaming. (laughs) Uh, Richard, the Willis Tower elevators are among the fastest in the world. Now, I know all three, all of us went up to the top of Willis Tower. And while you were traveling up, you watched a video. Does it travel at 1,200 feet per minute, 1,600 feet per minute? Or 2,000 feet per minute? Jeez. <laughs> That's like your name, Jez, with an extra right. E. 1,200 feet per minute. What was it? 1,200 or what? 1,200, 1,600 or 2,000. Mm, I'm going to go with 1,600. That is correct, Rich. Well done. Well done. Pete, 
What? Chicago's got many nicknames. Which of these is not one of those nicknames? <laughs> A, the Windy City. Ooh. B, the Seasons City. Or C, the City That Works. What was the middle one, sorry? The Seasons City. That sounds that sounds pretty genuine, because we had all seasons when we were there. Oh, we really did. So, yeah. so it's got to be C, otherwise it's a lie. So you've gone for C, the city that works. Yeah, it's got to be a lie, surely. That's incorrect. <laughs> Jez, which one's incorrect, the Windy City or the Seasons City? I would say the Seasons City is incorrect, sir. That is incorrect, Jez, yes. I That's made that ridiculous. one up because we had four seasons in one day. Jez, carrying on, which of these people was born in Chicago? Very famously, is it A, Walt Disney, B, Al Capone, or C, Abraham Lincoln? Hmm. Well, I, I am one for my American history. And uh, and I will say with um, 100% uncertainty that it's Abraham Lincoln. Are you going for him because there's a statue in that park we walk through? Might be. <laughs> That's incorrect. Damn it. Rich, Walt Disney or Al Capone? I don't think Al Capone was born in Chicago. Obviously, famous for being from Chicago, so I'm going to go with Disney. It is Walt Disney. Al Capone was born in Brooklyn. Oh, well done. <clears throat> uh, Rich, how many people visit Chicago roughly annually? 42 million, 52 million, or 62 million? It's incredible numbers. Um, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, eight, eight. Um, Are you trying to count them all? He's counting them all coming in. <laughs> Jesus. It's all up to the sea. Um, I'm going to see 42 million. You've gone for 42 million? Yep. Sorry, yeah. Yeah, that's incorrect. Uh, so that passes to, to to Pete. Pete, 52 or 62? Oh, 62. That's incorrect, Pete. It was 52 million. <laughs> uh, Pete, the final question on Chicago, you'll be pleased to hear. <laughs> the Chicago River is the only river in the world that A, has zero fish in it, B, is under a mile long, or C, flows backwards. <laughs> flows backwards? What the hell? I know the answer at this one. Oh, I don't know. Uh, well, so seeing, seeing as they seem to uh, colour it green every every uh, year, there's probably no fish in it because they're all dead. So you've gone for no fish in it. That's incorrect. It passes to Jess. Jess, do you think it's under a mile or do you think it flows backwards? Can you ask me the full question? A second, the Chicago River is the only river in the world that... The only river in the world. Yeah. Is, are you saying one of the answers is is the only river in the world which is less than a mile? Yeah. Mm. Or it flows backwards. Or it flows backwards. I would say, interestingly enough, is it the only river which is less than a mile? That just sounds really weird, nope. but that's what I'm going for. Don't that's what I'm going it. for. That's incorrect. It is the only river that flows backwards. How can it flow backwards? Uh, Jez, staying on. And this he one. had all that time to Google that, and he, and he, he didn't. I don't, I don't <laughs> cheat. I don't <laughs> cheat. Go on. Uh, Jez, this one is um, something which I knew before we went, so... It was advertised quite heavily on Facebook. So McCormick Place has the largest amount of exhibition space in Northern America. It offers A, 2.2 million square feet, Mm. B, 2.6 million square feet, Mm. or C, 3 million square feet. (laughs) 3 million. That's incorrect. Richard, do you think it's 2.2 or 2.6? I'm going to go with 2.6. 
That is correct, Richard. Well done. He's done well, hasn't he? On this Vintage Collecting Star Wars podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the whole podcast is out the window, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> uh, Richard, finally then, which of these didn't debut in Chicago? A, roller skates, B, soap operas, or C, floating shelving? <laughs> I'm going to see Super Bob was. That's incorrect. That did. So, Pete, a chance to get a point. Roller skates or floating shelving? Which one didn't originate in Chicago? <laughs> That's the most ridiculous question we've done. I'll just say floating shelving because it is correct, Pete. Well done. <laughs> well done. Right, we're going to move straight on then to our trip. Okay. Now, these questions are all about things that one of us did or one of us done or one of us was involved in. And if you're listening to each other's experiences, we will all know what each other was doing. So, Pete, these are worth two points again, and they will get passed again. So, Pete, myself, Jez and Grant went to the Bean on Saturday evening. Why? I managed to watch lightsabers being flinged around. That is correct, Pete. The lightsaber battles. Well done. Uh, Jez. Um, Hello. That last one was about you. Let's let's go over to Pete. Pre-celebration, Pete yeah. was extremely excited about having booked a photo op with which lady from Star Wars? Oh, I had her name. It was Sackoff. Do you know her first Sackoff. name? Was it some like Linda Sackoff or something yeah. like that? Lindsay Sackoff? Someone, Miss you know Sackoff. What? I'm going to give it to you because you said Sackoff. It was actually Katie Sackoff. That's it, Katie Sackoff. Put it wrong. Put it wrong. I won't give them that. Anyway. No, oh, Richard. Rich, Katie Sackoff voiced the same character in both the Clone Wars and Rebels. What was the character's name? Uh, what did this... Hold on a second. This question <laughs> has to do with things that we did. Where does this one come from? Oh, I wouldn't give it to him. I wouldn't give it to him. Oh, it's shocking, Rich, and it's shocking. It is. And I'm also doubly unfair because I'm following Jez, but at least Jez picks up points. Um... <laughs> Right. What were you saying about Pete? That's really harsh. Yeah, that's harsh. No, it, I, it's, I can't remember the name of the character. It's, it's, it's two very short names. No, I, I okay, then. I'm going to pass it to Pete, then. Pete, you can get one point. It is indeed, Pete. Well done. Come on, Rich. Pete's had a very good start to this round. I thought, Pete, I, was, I, thought I wasn't getting those questions right, Rich. Oh. Pete, I got eight autographs whilst the celebration. Oh, my God. Can you name half of them? <laughs> oh, I, what, uh, so Matthew Wood? Yeah, well done. Uh, you uh, did you do him, Darmid? I did. Well done too. Oh my goodness. Um, who else did you do? <laughs> this is ridiculous. Did you, did you, didn't you just do everybody? <laughs> it's easy to name the people you didn't get autographs from. Oh no, uh, no. Oh my goodness, there was some. Oh. Probably one of the greatest characters ever. Well, I'm gonna. Well, am I best? Well done. Oh, who else? Who else? Oh, you did. You did have somebody cancelled on it. You did have um, Tamora Morrison, didn't you? But he cancelled on it. He did. Joe, you know I'm going to give you that though because. Go on. If you give Jez, if you give Jez like some random incorrect name, yeah, I'll give me that I'm, one. I'm giving you, you that because it. you did do that. I also got Billy pulled out and, and, and Peter Mayhew, Mayhew pulled out as well. Aaron Kellyman. I got Peter Mayhew's autograph. Oh, yeah. um, well done. Other signatories. I can just tell you, Pete. That's just taking you into the lead. That answer. <laughs> Oh, Jez. Thank you. Uh, five of us went to the basketball on the Tuesday when we arrived between the Chicago Bulls and the New York Knicks. Yes. You were there floating around with your sponge hand. 
Mm. What was the final score? I knew you could ask me that. <laughs> uh, there was, oh, it was something, it was about 11 points in it. It was, was it something along the lines of 89 to 78 or something? I don't know. Okay, no, Richard, can you steal that with a point? <laughs> um, usually in the 100, aren't they? So I'm going to go 105, 102. No, Pete, can you grab a point? Oh my goodness, I don't think it hit 100, did it? I think it went something like, I think they went, did they not get, actually I think it was reasonably low scores, it was like 95-79 or something. Oh, bad luck, it was 96-86. So I was the closest, I was the closest, I mean, you know, uh, that's quite tough, bearing in mind I had to be specific on two scores right at the beginning, (laughs) following a week of no sleep, and all it was a case is, oh, give us five random names of autographs. I mean, come on. Right, okay. I'm just going to, Rich has just put up, how's this pass twice? Different round, Rich. Multiple choice, obviously the third pass. You know the answer, so that's why I didn't pass that round. Get on with it, yeah. So, Rich, over to you. We all went up Willis Tower at some point. You had one in the first round there. This time, how many floors up is the sky deck? 1,024? 1,024 floors. Uh, no, Pete? <laughs> that's quite a lot of floors. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Uh, you, you're way out. That's a really, really tall building. <laughs> no, it's, that's the tallest ever. 110? 110 is correct, Pete. Well yeah. done. <laughs> Something sunk in. So, Pete, now this in. answer has already been given oh, in man. the show already. Oh, go on. Jez picked up a skiff as he stated in that intro, an item that has been on his most wanted for a good two, mm. three years. Who did he purchase the item off? Oh, goodness knows. I was listening to that. <laughs> some, some bloke. No idea? Um, no, no idea. I'm pretty sure Jess is going to steal a point here. Jess, who did you buy your skip off? Yay, Lee Harris. <laughs> well done, Yay. mate. Um, Jez, Richard was desperate to visit Buckingham Fountain in Grand Park, (laughs) which, of course, he did visit. However, he wanted to visit this landmark because it features in the titles for one of his favourite TV shows. What (laughs) is that TV show? Yeah, uh, apparently it is the Fountain for Married with Children. Well done, mate. So, Richard, you're the final one. Final question of this round. Jason Smith and Daniel Burgess, Burgess even, did a man versus food challenge. What was it called? (laughs) I have no idea. I've never heard of this before. Jason completed it and fell asleep. (laughs) That was very funny. Um, So he gets passed. Pete, do you know what it's called? It's the Big Timmy, wasn't it? The Big Timmy. Well done. Right. Thing is, thing is, the funny thing on the Big Timmy. Which was we thought it was, it was going to be an enormous burger. It wasn't that big a burger. It was you get a mountain of chips or fries covered in cheese, and I don't mean just sprinkled on cheese. I'm talking layers of cheese, and that's what killed uh, that's what killed uh, Danoff. Right. It wasn't well, any, it, you know you get a free T-shirt as well if you, if you well Dan got a free T-shirt anyway, but he refused it at first. Okay. Well, <laughs> So we're going into round three. I can tell you there is three points between first and third. And the person that was leading after round one is now in third. And the person that was last after the first round is now in first. So completely thing. Right. The collector's track. There was 21 different presentations. So you've got seven guesses each. All you've got to tell me is one at a time. Name one of the topics that was talked about. Pete. This is going to be quick. 
Lego. Two points in answer. Lego is correct. Two points. Jez. Grails. Grails is correct. Rich. Argentinian collectibles. Yep, well done. Pete. Uh, no, I'm struggling. Um, holiday special. Holiday special was on there. Yes, well done. Uh, Jez. Sports collectibles. Sports collectibles. You went to that one, didn't you? I kept that one back because I very much doubt that would have been done. Uh, Rich. Toll toys. Toll toys was on there as well. Pete. Uh, fashion. Fashion. Well done. Well done. Jess. Prop store. <laughs> Prop store, of course. Nice, nice one. Uh, Rich. Pre-production with Jim Swevenson. <laughs> okay. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Can you give me the proper name of that? Because piss. none of them will fuck my names. Well, the problem is you've crossed over two separate. Well, I'm, I'm I'll, I'll give them. you it. It's the yeah. Kenner from Conceptor Collectible. Yeah, yeah. Of I was course. just about to see that as well. Yeah, uh, Pete. Oh, I have no idea. I'm completely gone now. Not the ones that you fancy going to originally. Oh, little think. What? Remember that just, early? I'm just trying to think. I'm. I really. My brain's gone. Um. Uh, Sky and Friends. Uh, the SWCA one. Well done. The uh, yes. anniversary. Twenty five years. Well done, Pete. Uh, Jez. Have we done Lego yet? Have we said Lego yet? Is that your answer? No, it's a question. <laughs> you, you, could, you could be fair. You could say, yeah, someone someone, fair, someone, has said Lego. Listening. So if you could, go, you could go for Lego and see whether it's on there for starters and get the points or whether it's been said. <laughs> I don't think it's <laughs> been said. And I just think actually all of the listeners will just go, do you know what, Stuart? You're a bit out of order there, mate, because, you know, Better order. That's what it needs mm-hmm. to be said. Um, so, so I'm going to say Lego. Lego is in. Well, it is correct, but Pete said it as his very no! first answer. No, yeah, that's unfair, uh, though, isn't Richards. it? Oh, well, best. I was listening to it before, Stu. So when you said I crossed over to two, I'm guessing mm-hmm. the one mm-hmm. is the prototypes are unreleased. That is right, Rich. Well done, and uh, thank you for not squabbling like a girl. Um, Pete. <laughs> <laughs> oh my word! Oh, three is... guesses left each, and obviously. Jez has got one wrong, so there is an extra part still in there. I am struggling big time on this one. Uh, Do you know what, Pete? I can, the, some of the ones that are left, two of them you mentioned as fancying going in the uh, I probably last did. episode. <laughs> but I've completely like, forgotten. Um, I'll have to pass, my friend. Okay. Jez? I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm not huffing or anything, but, you know, I just... I, I do think that you guys are. Come have, on, uh, Linda, sack off of you. <laughs> no, you, you, you're taking. You, I, I, do you know what? That's just not on. Anyway, um, right. <laughs> I didn't get, a good chance to Google. I'm not googling. I don't Google. <laughs> right. Okay. Um, let me think. Uh, the trouble is, I don't know now if you've said Canadian, because I know you've said Argentinian. I'm not sure if you said Canadian. Right, Canadian. Canadian is correct, Jez. Well done. Believe in yourself and listen. Okay. Okay. Oh, Richard. Dave Tree Palatoy. Oh. Done. Richard's having a oh. good session here. Uh, Pete. No, I'll pass on again. No, I do. No, Pete, Pete, Pete. Just... Uh, Jez. Uh, hang on a second. Uh, covered everything, covered everything. Books one. Yep, collecting collector books. Well done. Rich? Oh, I didn't know about that one. Right, okay. Has Lego been said? I don't know where to go with that one. <laughs> well, 
there's, if, if, if there's a Lego, there's nearly always a Hallmark one, so I'm going to go with a Hallmark. There was indeed a Hallmark keepsake ornament for your Christmas tree. No, uh, Pete, do you want to have one guess, anything? Oh, I, just, I just can't even think. Oh, My brain's done. Um, How many have we got left? How many this, got is left? La- this is last go round, and there's still one, two, three, four, five. There's still six on there. Oh, I've got two, I've got actually. One. You can only guess one. Uh, I'm just trying to think. What, what did I say? As all the things I said, as I go for, gone. No, there's two on there that are still on there that you said you would like to go to. Oh, what did I say? What did I say? I just want to think. Oh. What was well, I even we, interested in? Don't know. We said this was going to be a short one, though. Okay. So. Go on, keep going. I don't care. Go on. Okay, he's a miss at Jez. Have we done pinball? So you're going pinball. for? Yeah. Yeah, pinball arcade and arcade. Yeah, yeah, well done. And Rich, final guess? There was a toys that made us too. There was indeed the toys that made us. Uh, the other ones that you didn't get, Tiki. Oh, uh, oh yeah. Pete, you were quite into Weird, Wild and Whimsical before we went. Oh, yeah. oh, the man, uh, the man who shot, shot Skywalker. Luke Skywalker yeah. and Around the House. That was good. Okay, so the final one round of this, lads, is a little general knowledge. Different Who's touching their mic? Sorry. Uh, that's probably me. I just knocked it when right. I moved my papers. Yeah, yeah. All right. Um, general knowledge then boys okay could be anything from the show that we might have seen <laughs> anything to do with the panels now pete go on. the official opening times for celebration for the five days not including vip etc just the standard times of the event if you were to add them up how many hours was the show floor open I'll <laughs> you your maths out loud <laughs> what so work out what times they were open and shut each day and then work <sighs> how many hours it is this will get passed down twice, boys, okay? Can we be within, like, two hours or three hours? No, because it's quite easy to work out. Well, it's not if you don't know what you're talking about. Um. <laughs> not if you're not going to Google it, like Rich. I don't Google it. Let's have a go. Hi-ha. 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 What was that? I reckon 53 hours. That's incorrect, Jess. Oh. Right, well, I reckon, so five days... Three of which I reckon were probably ten until say seven, so nine, so three nights twenty-seven. I think the first day was only about a half day, maybe six hours or so, so I'll say thirty-three. And then if I was to say that the the last day was probably finished at five, maybe. So I'm going to say forty. That's incorrect, Rich. One last guess. Oh, I was going to go with Jez. Is they actually is Lego being used yet? Uh, I'm going to call it 42. <laughs> 42. Do you know what the answer is? 41, boys. Oh, oh, the first oh, day was oh, 1 till 8. It was 7 hours. Jess was 1 oh, hour. The rest of the time, he had correctly. Do, Jess, I get, do I get consolation for that? Um, yeah, I could take one off for you if you want. Oh, oh. <laughs> Surely the, the other days, they, they went on late because they went through and showed the film. So they were finishing at 9. Yeah, but the actual show, the official opening time, if you look on the brochures or the website, was 10 oh, to 7. Oh. That old story. Um, Jez, during the episode nine panel, we were introduced to a new actress yeah. who will be starring in the movie. What yeah. was the actress's name? I don't know. I can't remember. But she was wearing a lovely pink suit. So uh, she was really cool. And uh, can I have um, no points? So th- okay. She was wearing a pink suit. She was cool. Rich, pass to you. No, I can't remember either. No. Pete? <laughs> Some lass. A British girl. She was definitely British. Oh, 
boys, you need to love Star Wars more. Naomi Aki. I've done research and watched all of her back catalogue since I've been home. <laughs> um, Rich, so this is let's see how you were concentrating on the panel. What will the name of the character be that she's playing? <laughs> it was mentioned. It was, but I haven't got a clue. Um, Pastor Pete. Oh, it was now. Um, it's, it's something like Sam or something. No, I'm afraid not. Uh, Jez. Is it Lego? Lego. No, it was Jana. Jana. Um, so Pete, let's see if you were listening to the episode nine panel with the last one from this. I was too excited. During the same panel, we were introduced to a friend for BB-8, a new droid. What was his name? Oh, that's just ridiculous. Um, it was something. It's just completely rubbish. Um, it's like Kalo or something. I don't know. Not far off, Jez. Um, toilet duck canine ripoff. <laughs> <laughs> Rich. To make Dado. What are you saying? Dado. Dado. How are you spelling that? As in Dado, right? Oh come on! You want it to spell it as well? You give him Linda Sackoff. No, right? no. If you're <laughs> saying Dado, I'm not sure if you're, I've got you right. Are you saying Dado? As Dado. in a Dado rail? Dado. No, like Dado over here. Dado. Dalo. Yeah. As in Dalo Thompson. I don't know who Dalo Thompson is. Uh, he was I've a, a Daly uh, Thompson. Triathlete. Um, not a triathlete at all. It was a decathlon, but hey. <laughs> <laughs> um, Joe Watrich, I'm going to say no. It's actually Dio. Oh. Um, but you were close, so um, I'll remember that. If it's a draw at the end, I'll take that into account. Uh, Jez, Ian McDermott appeared on stage at the end mm. of the trailer. What yes. three words did he say? Roll it again. Christ, oh, that song's got something right. <laughs> <laughs> Richard, the Mandalorian, also had a pretty good panel during celebration. The title role is being played by Pedro Pascal. Who did he play in Game of Thrones? And I want both names. I've got no idea, so I'm just going to guess a random character. He didn't play a Theon Greyjoy by any chance? He didn't. Uh, Pete? Uh, Oberyn Martell. <laughs> that is correct, Pete. Well done. I yep. typed it in. I typed in the snap. Extra. Lost the well connection done. as you were googling it. Pete, in the show store there was a tiki mug. What creature from Star Wars was the tiki mug modelled? Um, I saw loads of tiki mugs. Um, in the show store, the official oh, show store, there was only one. Goodness, Chewbacca? No, no, Jez. Pete, I'd like you to name four other random. And people from Game of Thrones and and two of the uh, places which you may find in Game of Thrones. I can name you 30. Right. <laughs> Pete's going, eh? What's Game of Thrones? Anyway, prove hey, the point. Hey, I, I watch every single episode of Fish Face. Mm, sure you have. <laughs> yeah, right. Fish Face. Nice landing there. Let's have a bit of nice landing, maybe. <laughs> oh, quick Google. Um, so uh, what was the, what was <laughs> the question? In the show Storges, there was a tiki mug available. Yeah, what creature from Star Wars was the tiki mug modelled? Oh, should I just say Chewbacca? Is that what you're going for? Yeah, that's what I'm going for. Okay, it's the same answer that uh, <laughs> Pete just answered with and got wrong. Um, <laughs> Richard? There's obviously more concern with Game of Thrones. Oh, um, there was quite a bit of a Phantom Menace theme going on, so I'm tossing up between two. I'm going to go Darth Maul. Okay, the Tiki Mug was a rancor, and we discussed it on the last show. Oh, I'm not sure you boys ever listen to no. anything that's discussed. Um, fascinating. So, Jez, it is the Rancor. 
in the Rancor Tiki mug's hand was a muglet depicting whom? <laughs> uh, good morning, God. That's incorrect. Pete, can you work it out? How does how it go to Pete? Sorry, Richard. Sorry. Down. Well, I'm going to go with Luke. It is Luke Skywalker. No, well really. done, Richard. And I'm sorry, Rich. There was no need for that overreaction. <laughs> okay? It was just a general mistake. We're going to stick with the, the store, Rich. There was also a metal pat lunchbox in the store using images from different animated Star Wars shows. But from which show was the pat lunchbox lid, which has been shown all over the place, taken from? Oh, well, I never once stepped foot in the celebration store, but I think I do know the lid you're on about and is it from the holiday special it is indeed it's the boba fett scene so easy um, on the back is from droids so there's different things on it pete Hello there. Um, we're nearing the end of this now Thank the you. celebration 2019 poster was heavily criticized before the event for having which key character missing from it <laughs> c3po and it, it really annoyed me it is well done now these two <clears throat> we're going to jez first that poster, Jez, was split into two halves, light and dark. The light side has 11 good guys from the saga. I want all 11. <laughs> without, without hesitating. <laughs> Hang on a second. OK, all right then. Yeah, who's missing? See, we do. Everyone's spoken about it. Name 11 people. Right. So let's go for this. Yep. So this, was this the general celebration poster? This isn't a yeah, film poster. Yeah, okay. thing. It's on the front of all the brochures and everything. So let's say Luke Skywalker. Yep. Princess Leia. Yep. R2-D2. Yep. Han Solo. Yep. Chewbacca. Yep. BB-8. That's incorrect. I'm going to stop you. No, really? There. They haven't so got BB-8? Pass now to Richard. Richard, he's done oh, five of them. There's wow. still six left. Oh. Six, six goodies. Six light side, yep. Finn? Finn is correct. I don't know which one Jez has said. Cause I, I he like said Luke, Leia, yeah. no, 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 no. Hang on a second. <laughs> so he Did went he with all the gold. Um, I'm going to go with Lando. Yeah, seven. Ray. Ray, eight. Yoda. Yoda, nine. How many more? There's two more. Should have been listening. There's 11 more. Um, Obi Wan Kenobi. Yep. And who would be the missing goodie? Um, do, 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 do. Amadar. That's correct. I personally think you've got that in front of you. Well, you'd be thinking wrong. Then. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Rich, let's see <clears throat> then. Um, so obviously you've got the dark side characters from the same poster, and there are nine of them. Blue. Name them. Name buddies, right? Well, I might as well get the Sith Lords out there. So Vader. Yep. Yempra. Yep. Maul. Yep. Right. You're going to have Kylo Ren. Yep. Um. Dooku. Yep. Mm. Who else would be a buddy? Phasma. Yep. Uh, Stormtrooper. Stormtrooper? Yep. Two more. Two more. Um, Fett? Yep. Um, Grievous? Yeah, so you've got them all. Mm. 
Yeah. Yeah. It's not um, that difficult, is it, really? Yeah, I'm going to have a little think yeah. about that. Uh, so, final question each is about the stages then, boys. So, Pete, you're first. Who was the official host of the Galaxy stage? Galaxy stage? Oh, my goodness. I never went on it in the Galaxy stage. Did, we went to see the Phantom Menace. No, 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 no. No, I didn't. I didn't yeah. see the... the that, that's a celebration stage, is your thing, right. not? Galaxy right. stage, a side stage. Okay. Yeah. Okay, I can answer this. Um, ooh, I don't know. What I mean, I think. Have a little um, guess, mate. Have a little um, guess. Oh, yes. Who did you say? David Collins. That is correct, Pete. Well done. Yeah. Two points. Oh, yeah. Of course, went on the thing. Jez. And who was the main uh, host for the Twin Sun stage? Jack someone. Jack, someone that's incorrect. Richard, can you still a point? Rubbish. I don't even know what the twins on the stage is. Nah, this um, is so set up. <laughs> that one wouldn't have been um, Amy Wackliffe, would it? It was indeed, Rich. Yep, yeah, well done. Got his book in front of him next to his poster. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> and finally, Rich, who was the DJ at the uh, celebration stage? Elliot. Oh. Right, that's correct. Right, so I'm just having a look at the scores, and I'm just taking into consideration. Um, so Jez got it wrong after five light things. So one, two, three. So you gave me 15 answers. <laughs> I believe you're looking not at not it, so I'm going to delete 15 points <laughs> from your score. So, Rich, you finished on 13. Okay. Now, Jez and Pete, mm. you're mm. on the same points. Really? But what I'm going to do is... I am going to award it to Pete. Yes. Uh, you both scored on 21. Can't we just be level? No, I think I'd like to give it to you, Pete, because he moaned like a little like a little brat. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I think sometimes he needs to learn. He's, yeah. he's known quite a bit time, to be fair. Yeah, in fairness. So you both finished on 21. Richard finished on 13. Boys, well done. You two know your celebration, Rich. Maybe you want to pay attention a little bit more. Well, I got all the movie questions right, and you took them off us. Um, yeah, because you you you're definitely right. Let's have a bit of a, a bit of honesty. You're definitely looking at it. There's no way you just I'm not really, off. Right, come on, think about it. Nine dark side guys, right? So you're going to yeah, but the Amadala at the end of all the people you could have said. Why? Yeah, because there, there was an ep- because there was an episode one. Um, whole why did you say one. Anakin? It was Grievous was the one that I was worried about. <laughs> Well, let's move on, yeah? Yeah, I think so.